We here at the Canadian Pyrocast love everyone and everything on Earth. But we also believe that everyone and everything should be mocked, lampooned, satired, parodied, and poked on at, because that's a quality. This program is not for children or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. This episode of the Canadian Pirate Cast contains spoilers. So duck out now if you don't want those. Also, Darth Vader is Luke's father, Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze, and Uncle Ben dies. No, so what it okay, so it was like a kitchen game where you would if someone said a specific word, and fuck me if I remember what the word was. It's so ominous. Can't tell if that's like the heavy Courtney rain or the sh- crew approaching. It's safe, the sea monster. The zombie crew, honestly. Zombie crew. So, oh man. So the thing about. So what were you saying? Sorry, the zombie thing was relevant because I'm playing through Resident Evil right now. <laughs> Sorry, what I was trying to say about the big thing though is the. So it's a big game where you have a lighter and then you. Oh, yes, Tippy, I know. Tippy knows this game well. If somebody says a specific word, or like when they ask you something, it's like how you answer. But basically, the rule is that someone, they can throw your lighter, and then you have to go get it. You can't get mad at them. Tippy has no respect, just interrupts you. I know, when I'm in the middle of a riveting kitchen story. <laughs> that was not, but like aside from that, sorry, I want to bring this up as a secondary game. That was really a was fun thing. Is that, so if you had a sandwich. Sorry, I like the story about throwing the lighter, though. Sorry. Yeah, like I said, it was, I, fuck, I want, need to Google it now to see if it's a consistent thing. But essentially, yeah, you say. Never word. heard that before. Yeah, it's like a game where it, the thing is you have to get somebody to give you your lighter. And in a kitchen, everyone smokes, whether it's weed, crack, or pot, you know, pick, <laughs> your, pick your poison. That's getting, it's getting to be more like it's, uh, as people get, as the, as the ages shift. There's the the smoker crew and the vapor crew now. Oh fuck! I forgot about the news. I forgot about vaping as a new generation thing. Although you, sorry, you can cut this out if you don't want me to say this, but you, um, I thought when I because we worked together in on a on a pirate crew, another pirate, a different pirate crew in a in a kitchen, Mm -hmm. and I thought that you smoked cigarettes because you'd be like, oh, because you'd be like, how about I have a dark break and then you have a dark break, and I'd be like sure like mm. sounds good to me and then so like i just thought you were gonna go have a smoke but it turns out you were actually having a safety meeting but you were calling it a dart break well, a safety, <laughs> meeting, well it, a safety meeting is a dart break but not all safety meetings are dart breaks you, you know what i mean though we're no, gonna, wait, we're, no we don't we don't want to explain it to the audience if you know you know what i you know what i mean it turns out you don't smoke cigarettes you smoke. You smoke the only. You smoke is the only marijuana. So what I was trying. But to s- I thought you were like literally a smoker for like a full year that I knew you. Oh yeah, well no, that's a fair judgment. I get that. Uh, I actually have the same response though, regardless of whatever I put in my body, um, vapor wise. No, seriously, is it always pissed me off that smokers are entitled to a smoke break because they smoke and they have to. I just why? Oh, I let me you know my turn. No, Captain Kidd's turn to talk. Sorry. Why, as a regular worker that doesn't smoke, can't I take 15 fucking minutes to decompress my stress? Because the argument for a smoke is, oh, I need my smoke. I need my smoke. Uh, in most jobs, I would I would use, even in the kitchen, most jobs, it's not like you can just go, even in kitchen jobs, okay? 
I'm not talking about others. Like, most of my kitchen jobs, it's like, you can't just go out for a smoke whatever the fuck you want. It's like, you have half an hour, maybe, throughout the whole day, and you mm. could, and you, if you can time that, and other people were watching you do that. Or you can choose to do, like, at different times. Like, it, it, it depends on where you work, but for the most part, I've never experienced just going out, being able to go have a free break just to go smoke. It's not really, that's never really been a normal thing that I've experienced. Other than, I guess, I happened at that one job we were at, kind of. That one, that one place we worked that one Excuse time. Me. And that wasn't healthy either. Well, no, I'm fascinated. It was very lax. Oh, that was because it was under my leadership. I was going to say that the, no, truthfully though, the, what did you just say? You were just talking Most about. Most jobs, it's not like you oh, no. just go whenever. No, sorry. No, my brain skipped a beat error there, but no, I was paying attention to everything. What I was going to say, though, is that the I'm fascinated by your job, you say, that had a certain amount of time in a day. Like, you have half an hour in the day, and you can spend it however you want, but don't go over that time, and it is what it is. It wasn't that you could just leave whenever, though, either. Well, obviously, like, you can't leave in the middle of a rush, or, like, when it's some things have, like, a lock time where, like, no smoke breaks between, like, 5 and 7 because of um, dinner rush, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that it was, like, you're given a lot of amount of time and don't take more than this time. Because every job I've been at has been that just don't take too many. It's your own judgment is how you use that time. And it never also, it also never goes just... to like what you contribute yeah. in the kitchen. Unspokenly. Like obviously, so if you have your, like if you have your, sorry, I'm air quoting restaurant manager because they do less managing than every other act person on staff usually. But if most of the time they would be like anal about that amount of time you spend and like they'd be like, okay, so you have this amount of time, don't overdo it and shit like that or like care enough to pay attention to that. Depending on the size of your place, but the, but like in all, in all my jobs again, it's like, so if you're a really, you've been there for a while, you have seniority and you carry a lot to the kitchen and not again, not through a seniority through attrition. Like you actually bring a lot to the kitchen and make a lot of money or save money and how you, in your effectiveness of work. Well, <sighs> and that a lot's about how much, how much smoke, smoke breaks you can take or waste time or punch it up on the noob. But if you're a shit employee, then yeah, you still get your smoke breaks, but it's more like, hey man, shouldn't you be cleaning something because you're slow as fuck? <laughs> well, okay, so this is like a really odd way to start the show, but it's just as chaotic as uh, everything else has been. Uh, I don't want to go on and on with this, but I guess what mm-hmm. I was trying to say is that the break structure in every place I've worked has been always a little bit different. Um However, it's never just been so open to be like, yeah, you can just go take a smoke break whenever you want. Like, that's not how it works, generally. Maybe in an office setting, which is where most of those, like, sitcom jokes come from, of the trope of, like, smoke breaks versus regular breaks, comes from people joking about having office jobs, which I have no experience in, and not, I don't think you would do either. <laughs> okay, the thing, true. No, I've only ever worked in kitchens, and... Actually, I'm just sorry, realizing even my minimum wage jobs as a teenager, I was Kentucky, uh, sorry, fast food place. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. So I was fast food place, then a waiter at a thing, at a, oh, you're a, a, waiter. a waiter at an old folks home. That's a different story for a different day. But then. I want to hear that story. This, different, on a different I, day. I, I know. We got, we got, we'll do it on a different day because we, we want to do the, we want to do the cook kitchen culture episode. Yes. Uh, but then even after the waiter thing, I got a job at new, bigger franchise restaurant, not fast food, sorry, franchise restaurant, prep cooked there, then, uh, went to culinary school and then restaurant job. Mega Eatery Deluxe Incorporated. 
Yeah, I need to actually, I need to ponder for a while and think if I worked any jobs in between that. Oh, there's one thing actually after high school, I was a tree surveyor for a summer until I got mono and had to quit. <laughs> uh, Shit, I worked for um, uh, Canadian coffee company a few times and but then after that it was only local restaurants for a long 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 time mm. uh i got fired from oh wait sorry we're not even now sorry different yeah we need sorry, to sorry. I do like, end, why are I do, we going on with sorry this? i did want to end one thing on the break thing though because i cigarette break <laughs> probably coffee break came first in his historically that's the thing to get i'll, I'll get into, into another day but so cigarette break came from coffee break as a thing, like, I need a coffee to finish my shift. I need a cigarette to get that nicotine, to get that, you know, so on. You felt that way? Well, that's, again, whatever, whatever everyone goes for a break. But think about this, though. Whether you're just taking a deep breath and doing some stretches, having a cigarette, having a safety meeting, which you shouldn't do, but, you know, Sa- if you no, do it, you do No, safety is so important. What are you talking about? Safety is so important when you have a safety meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> my point, though, is that... All three, it's the point is to chill, relax, get someone to kind of like take a deep breath and calm down and then finish on your shift, right? It's a break. Whether you're doing that, having a cigarette, or just taking a deep breath. Just going with the flow here. A tale with it for a different day, Gummy Bear, is uh, <laughs> do you remember your first safety meeting? Maybe not one you even participated in, but one you attended. <laughs> Food thing for a different day, but I just made okay. me th- it made me think about that in a nostalgic way. It's not something that's happened often, so yes. See, how would I possibly know Control R does stuff? This is why I need to learn typing this summer um, with the rest of the girls. It's not about typing. That's just, just the program sort keys that I've learned. The reason why I know that one is because I press it by accident so many times, and then when I'm editing, I'll press Control R instead of something, uh, something else, or uh, instead of... Uh, I'll, it's, whatever it's, instead of a different command and then i'll start recording and i'll jump to recording while i'm trying to edit and then it's it's annoying is it uh <laughs> is it bad i type with my knuckles yes yes you have a big problem how do you ever write have you how have you gotten through two years of school that's impressive actually because um that's an that's in blah, blah, blah. Welcome to the Canadian PirateCast. I hey. am your I'm your host, Captain Beckham Kid. And I'm here. Gummy Bear. What's up? What's Quarter up? Master Gummy Bear after a year. <laughs> Gummy Bear, have respect for your title. I told you it was only that I was only doing it that one time. How is the crew going to respect you your title if you don't respect your title? <laughs> oh dear. I have different priorities, alright? Um well, look, we're back for another At the Movies with Gummy Bear, which is me. Special segment! Special I'm channeling all, all sorts of energy today. I think I'm the the I'm doing great. <laughs> the theme will go somewhere in this area. It's not a theme. It's not even a theme. And you know what? We're doing Spider Man. We're doing Spooder Man. We're we're spider spidering it up today. <laughs> the 
depending on who's editing, that's what determines if there's a theme song. <laughs> so, what are we reviewing today, Gummy Bear? What do we well, see in the cinema? you know, we... Neither of us have seen the latest Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland, Disney... Yeah, Away uh, From Home. Is that what it's called? I don't even remember. Somewhere something home. It's, uh, it's home, home. Is it home? Was it, I don't know. Home is inserted somewhere. In somewhere there's an inserted home. But, you know, um, I love Spider-Man. Do you love Spider-Man? I'm a Just fucking... in general. Just in general, loving Spider-Man. I do. I love Spider-Man. I love the animated. I love, like, so many... Like, I used to watch Teletoon Retro to watch the old one. I used to watch the 90s. I watched the fucking 90s one with the crazy, like, Widow Lady LSD space Madam trip. Webb. Thank you! I always forget her name. Um, the one with Neil Patrick Harris in the early 2000s. What? Oh, you forgot about that one? I never wow. saw that one. Damn! Um, Into knew... the Spider-Verse, everything. Wait, is that Neil Patrick Harris one? Is that the one with the animation that looked a little bit 3D, but not yes. quite? Okay. Only got one season, ended on a terrible cliffhanger. I, I never... It's it like, was great, never though. Saw it. It, oh, it, I've, it's good. It's good shit. Mm. But, you know, I love Spider-Man. I've read... Um, I've read um, novelizations of comic books. I've read comic books. I've read... You know, there's some... Here we go. Like, Into the Spider-Verse. I think I said that already. Mm. Excited. <laughs> See, I'm a... Comic well for me comics I I have a deep love of comics but not necessarily a deep knowledge if that is like fair right me too like okay as a, as there's an example so much. well as an example too even for something that we were bitching about in Spider Man three I forgot that there is technically a justification for it although I think it was implemented terribly fair so because in the lore I was like because I do remember this because it involves Venom my favorite fucking villain to the point where my best friend. We'll talk about the Johnny Depp thing next time, bud. What's up? <laughs> um, you know who you are. But uh, he bought me a Ven- he bought me um, Venom like Revenge comic. That was a huge compilation uh, for my birthday one year, and I loved it. He always buys me the best comics, and this is why I love Aww. him. And so we, so like no, Venom has always been my favorite character, and that's why Spider Man three for a lot of people, uh, I'm sure, it was a big disappointment. Uh, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, sorry. I know that was a classic Captain Kid two-hour-long answer, but <laughs> I I do love Spider-Man the most though, or I think as a hero, or he's like my most deep knowledge. I think in recent years it's been Deadpool, but Deadpool is just basically Isn't he, um, he's an edgier Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except you know different powers. I there know there's always understand the jokes about them being similar and yeah and stuff. Yeah. Well, technically, too, actually, Deadpool gets shit. Side note for there's com- comics where they're together. Well, no, quick comic tangent on that though is that Deadpool people actually criticize Deadpool because he has a similar costume and man or setup to I want to say shit. It's like Slade in Teen Titans, but he actually has a, <laughs> he has a mercenary name in fucking. Um, he's Harley Quinn plus Slade. <laughs> no, I gotta Google this. Who the fuck is is he's the I he's don't a, know. he's a mercenary guy. I don't know. I'll, um. Like, you can look that up, but I just wanted to say, so yeah, so, <clears throat> so yeah, so, so that's really concise. Um, so here we are, we have, in the last couple days before recording today, we have watched four movies. The Deathstroke. Oh, you say that, and then I'll restart this. Sorry. So sorry about the interruption, Jimmy Bear, but no, sorry, Cut it's it. Deathstroke is the, he's a mercenary with the cool black mask. Oh, that sounds familiar. That's can the DC a... version. Oh yeah, sorry. So he's called Slade and Teen Titans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, he so was, he's, he's the same person. Uh, yeah. So same character except oh, okay. Teen, Teen Titans is like the reimagining, like alternate universe version, you could say. And then 
Uh, Deathstroke was his actual DC Comics version where he's just like a super powerful mercenary for hire with superhuman strength. Okay. He doesn't have... I didn't know that. Yeah, no. And De- Deadpool is distinctly different on many yeah. levels, but the character design, it's, I think, fair, fair, fair criticism. Slate such... He has like metal shit going on too. He does. He has like metal armor and shit like that. And he has a sword. I I think it really comes down to like the red mask and the sword. Although Slade is more in all the main pictures I see them, it's like half orange, half black. Where Deadpool is like pure red with the black around his eyes. Yeah, but the metal parts for Slade too, and then yeah, Deadpool doesn't use any of that shit though. Deadpool just has two swords, and that's they have completely different, obviously like conditions and powers and oh yeah, because Deadpool is a he's a shit disturber. He's like a crazy shit disturber where none of anything makes sense. All he does is talk shit, and he regenerates like a zombie, and he's half insane too. And he he's the only comic book hero that's ever broken the fourth wall. Thank you to my high school friend that got me into him. Thank you, high school friend who got him into him. <laughs> okay. All right. As the conductor, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm taking over the conductor role of this episode as it has my name on it a little bit. Um, so we watched four movies in the, la- um, over the last two nights. Um, those being Sp- um, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 1, uh, Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. And then we also finished that up um, as the fourth movie we watched being The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. And I forgot who that's directed by already, even though I made note of it in my brain. Mark Webb. Mark. Oh, yes. Webb with two Bs. Uh, I think that's <laughs> Which is kind of beautiful. <laughs> 60% of the reason he got the role. So Andrew Garfield. And um, obviously, I mean, it's not obvious, but since the first three Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire came out when we were kids, young... Teenagers, so it was 2000... Kids to teenagers. It was 2002, so... 2002 would have been... Tween age. What, we were 11? Ish. Like 11 plus or minus two years, somewhere in But then I remember remember Spider-Man 3 came out when I was 15. Okay, yeah, because Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007. Yeah. Oh, no, 16. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a year behind. Well, okay, so we'll pull this up because I forgot to write down. It doesn't matter. Spider-Man. It doesn't matter. They came over, kids. I watched those all. Loved them all. When I watched them, didn't critique them too much. <laughs> so this is a this was a new rewatch for me. Never saw the Andrew Garfield. So watching number one was the first time I've ever seen the Andrew Garfield version, and I haven't seen number two yet, and that will be in our next episode, I think. Right. Yeah, so... We'll, we'll finish up the Spider-Man series in the next episode. Because there are... And, okay, to be fair, too, we we acknowledge the previous movies made in the... I don't remember what year, but I want to say 70s and 80s, maybe? The, I'm just saying that I have fresh eyes on the the Andrew Garfield one, even though it's like 10 years old now. <laughs> yeah, and I know this is Gummy Bear's episode, but I'd just like to add a bit of intro to some of these things, to one thing, too, here. So, as a clarification for the f- structure here. Sorry, I was just joking that my name was on it. I didn't mean that it's my episode, since you did, like, orchestrate most of it, and you took all the notes, including things that I said. So, so, like... <laughs> well, that, see, now you just make it seem like it's just me creating it and I'm putting your name on it, because I'm like, oh, yeah, women power. No, but I love Spider-Man. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm making a joke. I was, I was making a joke. And obviously, this, <laughs> this entire show is our show. It's I just, I just happen to talk the most... And be the loudest, and but have I'm one hundred percent okay with that. <laughs> yeah, this was no, no. This episode was my idea, but I thought it worked out because I haven't seen the 2002 movies in over a decade, and I really wanted to to watch them all over again and then see the ones I hadn't seen too. 
was oh, also yeah. fun worth mentioning though because it was the first movie Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire came out in 2002, so it's the 20 year anniversary. Yeah, uh, oh my of god, the year. yeah. So 20 years, oh my god, we're it's, ancient. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> How dare no? Don't uh, don't joke about that. I really bug that. If we were ancient if it was like 500 years ago and you would die from a small cut in your hand. We're still yeah, I'd be okay with that. Let we're me still, be 500. We're still young adults. No, I know. I'm joking. Okay, sorry. Cut it. I don't care. No, no, it's okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. That's just the thing with me because it's. I'm saying that the most this time. Just cut I everything. Know. I just, just don't delete the whole. I know, episode. and I, I know you just, don't. I know, no, you I know, know you, I know you don't. I know you don't mean to be like I knew it was a joke. Sorry, I just, I just, I get triggered. Oh my god, fuck you, me. You know oh, what? Sweet. Just know. delete the whole episode, okay? You're right. We should just delete the whole episode. That's a good idea. Just delete the podcast, okay? There's you know enough. Po- there's Erase enough podcasts. It. Let's go back in time. There's enough podcasts in the world. That's it. <laughs> It's like just ends it right here after twenty minutes. So it's like we haven't even talked about a full Spider-Man movie yet. Oh my god! Future idea for a hilarious April Fool's Day next time. Yeah, but we stop mid sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, thank you for staying tuned. Uh, fuck of an intro. So sorry about that. This is one of our fun episodes. This is actually that's actually a good point. You know, we don't have to like we can read. Cheers, everybody. Oh fuck yeah! And welcome, happy Spider-Man year, 20-year anniversary. And Sam Raimi, bless your heart. Anniversary! Well, because he also, just to, be, just to be fair, too, for let's bless Sam Raimi here, because just he directed Multiverse Cheers of Madness. Again. He directed Multiverse of Madness, and Disney let him do anything fun with it. I don't know what that is. It's a new Doctor Strange movie. Cut by. Oh! Bye, everyone. See you in a bit. Shoveling all day. Shit, that wasn't Control R. That would have played. <laughs> Welcome back to. Hi. At the movies with Gummy Bear, Spider Man edition. Spider Spider Man. And I didn't get to clarify this before our break. Not Spider Man's yet. Oh yeah, because I guess. Oh shit. We should clarify because here's the thing: we are leaving one movie out of what we're watching for Spider Man. <laughs> but here's the structure. <laughs> excuse me. Oh my god. Of these movies so we're watching we are going through the we're going through live action spider-mans only the first three with toby mcguire basically every single one that's relevant to the home late newest home spider-man i i laid out which movies we're covering i know but i'm saying for that's part one and then part two will be the amazing spider-man 2 the because I'm saying for the structure of this here, of this this quick, the, these at the movies are going to be because they'll be like a, these will be at least a month apart. Yeah. So we so we're doing just the first three Tobey Maguire movies and the first Andrew Garfield movie, and because that series was cut short for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk elaborate more maybe later or in a, or in the second part. But the then the new three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, as these are all the live action movies that all led to Lost from Home. Sorry, Spider-Man Lost from Home. The newest Spider-Man movie by Disney. So, Which we have not seen. And we will not be, even though, so we did watch. We, we haven't seen that new one yet. No, yeah, sorry. We haven't seen the new one yet. And even though we love both loved Into the Spider-Verse, we're not talking about that because that's not related to the live action movies. Yeah. And I think the live action movies also, also have their own like weird kind of history and how they all flow with each other compared mm. to... Spider-Verse, which is really just kind of its own thing that's amazing. 
It, it is. It's the best. It's the best one, which deserves to be talked about separately, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it deserves its own segment compared, even maybe with the the new one, depending of the quality of that. We'd have to wait for the new one to come out. Yeah. But anyway, so if you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse, the Sony animated one, go see it. And Amazing. That's all, all we'll say on that. On to Spider Man two thousand two, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> other people. That's it. Oh, oh, and the guy that played Flash Thompson. The guy, and the guy because, that played Flash Thompson. Because he's one of the sexy strippers in Magic Mike, Sorry. and he's a sexy no, werewolf I, on in who, everything. Who are you talking about? Well, you had the you had the IMD pulled up, pulled up Flash Thompson. I forgot that he was even in that movie. I have because I have show notes. You have you're on IMD duty. <laughs> IMD duty. I, oh, Joe Men. Man, Jenny. Can you want me to read it? <laughs> it's very Italian. It sounds very Italian. You're right. That's that is a very Italian Mangiano. name. Dan, Joe Mangiano. Mangiano. Joe Mangiano. Mangalo. I, I, I think it's Joe Mangiano. Joe Mangiano. Joe Mangiano. Manganiello. I'm gonna say Manganiello. Michelangelo. Joe Manga. Joe Michelangelo. We're being too loud. Look at these sound waves here going on. Yeah, we can lower that. Joe. We're Joe- gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> we can fix it in post. <laughs> you can fix everything in post. Uh, Joe Man and Joe Manly Angela. Angela. Manganiello. Joe Manly Angelo. We need to stop. We gotta stop. I like Joe Manny Manly Angelo. Because he's he's We're the, in the joke. He's the sec- dude. He's a sexy twelve pack guy from Magic Mike. That's not. Chinese I never Tatum. saw that movie. I don't know what the fuck. I did. It had Joe Man and Jangio. Clearly, <laughs> obviously. The whole shtick with him is that he had an excessively large penis. I, I, I don't. It was a it was a recurring gag with him in the movie. He had like in a larger pump and everything. Okay. So, <laughs> Joe Man meet Hang Jangelo as Flash Thompson. Toby Maguire as Peter Parker, James Franco as Harry Osborn, Kirsten Dunst as Mary J. Watson, and Willem Dafoe! Mary Jane Watson. What, what did I say? J. Oh, well, I said MJ. Mary J. Oh, I meant to say MJ. <laughs> Fuck me. Mary J. Watson. You, say, you either Just say a, MJ I, or you say Mary oh God, J. Mary Jane. I mean, it can't be. Fucking can't right. Be. No, you're right. You're not wrong. I'm just. I'm... This is a mess. Stop. Mary Jane Watson, <laughs> played by Kirsten Dunst, and Willem Dafoe yeah. is Norman Osborn. Yes. Slash the Green Goblin. Yes. And he's our big bad for Spider-Man 1. Yeah. So, what... So, starting off with this movie, like, what do you think about, again, how they start off with everything in, like, in the intro? Because this is, like, it's origin movie. It's Spider-Man origin movie, and so they have to kind of establish the character of Peter Parker being a very shy, like, dorky kid, and his whole transformation, a very dramatic transformation into a superhero. Well, the first movie of the Tobey Maguire slash Sam Raimi movies definitely starts off with a air of literally nobody respecting Peter Parker. 
because it starts off with him chasing after the bus, right? And even the bus driver is laughing and has no respect for him until Mary Jane says, hey, you know what? He's been chasing us for a long time. Snop the bus. Like, let him on the bus. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, it's never really addressed or, like, obviously, like, detailed enough to... Which we it's just a detail we don't really need until we're thinking about it in a podcast where it's like, how fucking far away is this? Is Like, I know that, like, you know, schools, city schools, like, okay. How goddamn far away is his fucking school? He's been chasing this city bus for... He's been chasing... He's been chasing the... The school bus for blocks upon blocks, just like fast, like obviously the New York traffic is slow enough. He can just like chase after the bus, but never quite catch up to it. But then he still wants, he's still far, far enough away from the school to, to want to get on the bus. Like how fucking far away is the school? Well, Peter Parker is a nerd, so he obviously is super enthusiastic to go to school, which is why he chased it for 16 blocks. I don't know about that. I'm kidding. No, uh, Mary Jane does say how many blocks they've been chasing. Or she, no, no, maybe she says like, "Oh, he's been chasing him since here," you know. But you're and you're right. I think that's a good setup, though. So by the time he even gets on the bus, he everybody is kind of like, "Fuck you, buddy! Don't sit by me." And they're even they even emphasize it by having somebody that looks like that he would bully, and even she's like, "Don't you dare sit by me!" Mm-hmm. The fat guy won't let him sit by him. So that's what they established right away in the in the movie is that nobody respects him really. Yeah, except for maybe Mary Jane, without going out of her way, as they are established to be neighbors in this in mm-hmm. this in this version. Yeah, she's kind of a she's not she's not she's the only one that's not a monster, but she's not particularly. But they're like, not like best friends. Yeah, barely barely that. She's just until a, later. But which that's is the, weird. That's that's the whole girl next door vibe though, right? That's the whole yeah, yeah, like I guess, I guess so. I guess you've always been kind of an inanimate gummy bear, not really a boy next door. But here's the thing <laughs> is that there's... Actually, I guess I never had a girl next door. I just had my best friend next door, so I got a crush on him. Aww. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I love him for different reasons. So... <laughs> uh, girl next door for me was like a babysitter. And yeah, like I went and had the crush... Had the cliche crush, right? But it was never like a longing thing. And that's the emphasis between the whole dynamic between Peter Parker and Mary Jane is that they grew up since they were little kids and he's had a crush on her from afar for years. And that's, so it's that whole, mm-hmm. it's a whole longing relationship. Uh, but they also set it up too because upon reaching the spider lab where he gets the spider bite and gets powers and shit, he meet, has his friend Harry Osborne. Different introduction and very good dynamic too. Also isolated because he's dropped off in a private car as his dad is Norman Osborne, the leader of Oscorp, a very rich thing, business company thing <laughs> in New York City. And then Harry, as like they do a good establishing thing of like Harry's uncomfortable that he's so much richer than everybody. And Norman dresses like, down. He dresses, For sure. and he's like, can you please drop us off, drop, drop me off around the block? And Norman's like, blah, 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 why are you ashamed of your richness, and you could be greater, and you're not good enough for me. He doesn't literally say that, but he, like, it heavily, he's just always kind of, like, yeah. sub-implying that. Then they, uh, Norman Mosborne walks up to Harry, or sorry, not Harry Potter, um, <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> he walks up to Peter Parker and created a meme. Yes. So many memes. Yes. But they establish off the bat in this movie that both Harry, Peter and Harry are, they're both isolated in different ways. Yeah. And it could even be, and they even go to the point to establish that people don't respect Harry. Sorry. People don't respect Harry either. 
Like, that he tries to stand up. He's the only one that will stand up for Peter. And they even crap on him and be like, fuck you, rich boy. Yeah. So they're both outcasts from two opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's... and they some best friends. Well, they they establish regularly that they've been friends for, like, a long time, like childhood friends. Not like in My Best Friend and me. And that um, uh, Norman, Harry's father, admires Peter... And recognizes that Peter's very smart. Because I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the best memes. But that's point. That's the point of. And you know, Norman is he's a self-made man, and so but he wants us, and he wants his son to be as good as him. But Harry's whole character, unfortunately, in the comics, is that he's never as good as his father because he's not particularly smart, and that's it. He's just kind of average as yeah. a person. So in a way, it almost kind of creates like you feel you would feel bad for him as being like an average person, not being able to live up to something, someone as great as his father and also not being like held in that same respect or love. Uh, Peter gets a spider bite, goes home, establishing Aunt May and Uncle Ben, my favorite Aunt May and Uncle Ben of these movies, I think. Uh, oh, can you pull up the actors? Because I want to give them credit, because again, like for this, they are the they're my favorite uncle. I didn't like I I. I'll talk about Amazing Spider-Man, and I'm only ha- Aunt May, or sorry, Aunt May is Rosemary Harris, and Uncle Ben is Cliff Robertson, and they're amazing. Like they were amazing in the roles as a two, um, particularly like Uncle Ben. Although I I, will, I love Aunt May throughout the entire movies, as you'll hear in my notes. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not as big of a fan as hot Italian Aunt May. So- Uncle Ben is never. In any iteration, he's never a really well-developed character. And in some versions, he's not even there because it's always established, like, he dies really early on mm-hmm. in whatever iteration of Spider-Man or, like, comics or whatever. Or he's already dead or he just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's just always this, like, fan- fanatical, like, he's dead character well that being the case you do kind of know from again all you really know from him in this underdeveloped character is that he was a big influence on on peter on peter as like the role model and i think that this movie in half an hour does a really good job at Mm -hmm. establishing that ben he's a man of honor and he like has he lives by a code and you know what i mean like fuck me i said it again so it's why pete does look up to him and they're both and how much he, why he loves him so much as a, like a fatherly figure. Yes. And then Pete gets his abilities and there's some funny scenes of him figuring out his abilities and what he can do. And, oh, I just want to say this too as a thing in the... I love the, this, I think. I don't know if this is Sam Raimi or whoever wrote it, but there are a lot of word gags in this movie that I think are fucking hilarious. Like, are you hungry, Peter? Do you want a bite? Had a bite. <laughs> after you had bitten by a super spider. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. There's so many of them. And then it's uh good and I think there's a good structure for like oh yeah, so then they cut to Norman Osborne and there's a thing in like the military board, you need this contract, Osborne, our little drop it and they're like, Oh, what about the all the weapons? I don't care about that. <laughs> what about that mysterious drug thing that might have un unintended consequences? Hmm. Oh, it was perfect, sir. It worked well. Except for the 10%... Well, you're fired! No, no, no. In case the 10% of cases where it makes someone insane and aggressive and emotionally unstable. (laughs) And so you start hearing evil goblin voices in your head. 
So in this whole thing, it's they have to go back. They say they have to go back and work the formula. The whole setup say is that you're going to lose this contract. So you kind of know that Norman's a smart guy. He made a super person formula, but he's under stress too. It's all teetering. And then... Uh... <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about... Because then they... I think... I don't remember... <laughs> I don't remember the scene in between here, but then they cut to... Sorry, one more word gag here. That was great. It cuts to Norman Osborne strapping himself in the chair because in a drastic chain of events, he's going to human test it on himself because he has no other options and they can't bum, go back. Bum, bum. And you think you had the... Didn't I think... Oh, yeah. You had the criticism during the scene that uh, Danny Elfman's music was overplayed <laughs> in, this tra- in this particular transformation scene, which I agree with I a bit. I think I was just unconsciously parodying his music with forgetting that I said that. God damn it, Danny Elfman. God. Oh, fuck. I don't think you're it wrong. Was, it was too much. It was over the top. It was very Danny Elfman. It was just a it one was like, scene. Okay, like, just I'm not saying that... Dan- okay, so, like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Danny... Like, you have to be talented to, like, write music, like, with this, like, uh, like uh, basically a fucking symphony a for different music, for a different... third of Hollywood like, music, man. That's, that's unbelievable. It takes, um, like, I would never be able to do that, so I can't really shit on people, but it's just... And Danny Elfman is very, like, recognizable, and there has been times where I've been watching a movie at the beginning of the movie without seeing the credits yet, where it's like, is this Danny Elfman? And then it pops up as like, music by Danny Elfman, you're like, yeah, ah, of course it is. And it's very... You know, but like maybe it was because of a comic book movie, and it's just it was just so over the top, right? It's like not all of his music's like that, but it was just it was just so generically Danny Elfman that it just like made me kind of go, ah, Danny Elfman, God damn it! <laughs> so Norman dramatically straps himself into the chair, gets the tube thingies inside of his veins or the IV inside of his veins. The metal bars clamp around him. His assistant acts. Norman, how is it? It's cold as the metal clamps. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just, there's so many of these little... I never noticed these before, but there's these nice little word gags <laughs> that are just, like, great. Uh, and then the following scene, though, so then you see dramatic thing. It goes wrong. Uh, assistant tries to save Norman's life. He does, and then Norman kills Assistant, and he kind of hops away like a <sighs> goblin. <laughs> wake up Peter wakes up wake from up. his makeup <laughs> sorry I wanted to uh, oh yeah speaking of that actually you know what we noticed in this movie in 2002 is you could see everyone's pores they weren't CGI'd off <laughs> yeah Mon- H- HD HD like versions of old movies do a really good job of like showing all those pores but now but now they're all filtered out well, People guess, are de-aged, like, with subtly, you don't even notice. You're like, why are they looking so good? It's like... Oh, a large amount. A large amount ooh, are de-aged. it's because of fucking AI? Like, Sandra Bullock? Girl. Actor, come on. Can, can we just can act, we just be who we are? Like, come vanity. on. Oh, that's a... Little, come on, say, psychology say of Hollywood. draw. There's not enough <laughs> therapists in the world to break down the psychology of Hollywood. They would all kill themselves before yeah. they got close. That's too bad. I mean, I like seeing pores. I like seeing real I faces. Like seeing, yeah, who doesn't like seeing human faces, except for Hollywood itself? Uh, yeah. So, anyway, though, healthy amount of ripped Tobey Maguire, gotta say. If you're gonna take a shot off in a movie, you're gonna get ripped. End of story. 
more establishing scenes of Harry not dressing rich to kind of just yeah you know. he's got he... <laughs> oh shit I just realized something Harry's outfits look a lot like Andrew Garfield outfits <laughs> So Andrew Garfield got his hand-me-downs. <laughs> Just reusing props. No, like the double hoodie. Like that's I don't fair. know. Like the no, wardrobe. The wardrobe. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I just realized that. My bad. Uh oh yeah, I was gonna say, so my favorite I wanna point out, I love the first scene with his spider sense and MJ when he's first discovering his powers because he doesn't know what his deal is yet. And then mm. he his spider sense goes off, then he catches MJ, and it's that cartoonish scene where it's like buh, 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 and balances the, like with the, the lunch. lunch on there. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking great. And then they have a weird then they do the weird thing with like his web coming out of him, which I have mixed feelings on. It's because it's the only Spider Man iteration where he just makes the web naturally. Yeah. And, and he doesn't like he doesn't like make it as a part of his powers is the only one where it's, and it's like, he like, where does it come from? Toby? I guess his wrist, it looks like his vein. It's kind of gross. You know, it just comes, it, but there's no slit. Like there's no hole like, like develop. Like it's like, where does it coming out of? That's and fair. It, to be fair too, as a, it's, it's a little bit silly <laughs> for a full canon thing. Venom, the venom symbiote costume actually gives him that ability naturally. So that's why Eddie Brock can use it when he's in the suit oh. is because uh, the symbiote copied it from Spider-Man. I never thought about that. Yeah, but, but also like, that's not. But he didn't have the symbiote in the first movie. <laughs> maybe they just didn't like want to like spend the time. Like they didn't. They didn't establish Peter in Tobey Maguire like in the first ones of him being like super 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 smart. Like they didn't. They didn't make it the a central thing where he's inventing yeah. gadgets on his own. Yeah. So and... like it's usually a thing where he's like really poor, but he's so smart he can just like do it. Yeah. Um, and make his own web, but. I don't know. They just didn't want to spend the time on that. And I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. Again, I didn't like, I was, it, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it doesn't explicitly make me unhappy. I think I, I was bugged more by it when I was originally, when I first saw this movie 20 years ago. But, <laughs> and now I'm just like, uh, you're like a child. Like, Oh my God. And there was a lot of that. <laughs> for, unfortunately, there's a lot of that stuff in here where things like I appreciate more now as a fully grown adult. Sorry. <laughs> It's dude. It's that's why anyone. People. I was so dumb when I was twenty five, man. Like that's the thing. People are just <laughs> humans are dumber for way longer than we like to admit. We're still that's dumb true. even after that. Uh, but then, oh, great scene. Pisses off sexy werewolf man from True Blood, Flash. And then never seen True Blood, so I don't know. I've seen all of it. Oh, nice. And then, uh, you know, he's trying to fight Peter, and Peter's just dodging him like full Matrix. And then there's the thing. Mary Jane's like, Harry, help him. Which one? <laughs> yeah. word gags <laughs> and then there's these oh yeah sorry then he's like experiment next scene he's like figuring out his powers now because he just kicks Flash's ass then he's put it down just put it down and put it down there's no reason to be having that you put that pen down give me, actually just give me the pen why are you doing that now why is that I don't know no no fidgeting no pens there's no sketching why are you sketching now you're not Spider-Man you're not designing your I'm Spider-Man costume you <laughs> So he's experimenting with the webbing to see how to shoot it. And he can't figure out how to do it again because he accidentally does it in the cafeteria, but he's trying to figure it. Yeah. And he's like, up, up, and away. Fly. <laughs> Go web. Memed. Memed. Oh, again, it's this movie. These, Fly. All three of these movies created many a meme, which is worth is this whole separate thing. Which is why it's the best. Uh, Yeah. Uh, as I think you pointed out, though, in all the font, word font in the movies, like, there's uh, comic book font 
Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a really good detail. And fun fact for comic books, you used to not be able to print the name Clint in <laughs> print because full capital looks like a different word. Yeah. The word's uh, oh. So... <laughs> uh, Please just bleep it just for oh. the joke. And you... <laughs> So you we we both liked Norman's paisley robe. I love paisley. Anything but the red paisley robe. And he was just wearing it in so many different scenes of just being like powerful. Like, oh, beautiful. And like, oh, beautiful. I want the robe. I want that robe. Thank and you, you also pointed out, though, then the scene cuts to Uncle Ben in red flannel. Yes. Good details. And actually, this is worth I think up. that was really a purposeful wardrobe um, contradiction between... Between the between both of them as being father figures in the movie, completely. Well, uh, oh, oh, yeah, you're, like you're completely right about that. Yeah. But I was gonna say too, as like a, we need to bring this up, and it might come up more in the notes. But this movie had the best edits of yes. almost of even even movies made nowadays. Like even watching, even by Spider Man Three, the edits were very lazy and just like mm-hmm. cut to scene, cut to scene, cut to scene. And I don't remember, I think two had a few interesting edits, but this one had the best edits where it was like a comic book. Like it fucking yeah. flowed exactly like a comic book. It was creative. It was, it was good. It, it, it felt right for the movie. Yeah. Like it just, didn't feel like jarring out of place. Well, cause it was also smooth. It or wasn't generic. just like one scene to another. It was it like was a not, bunge of flames. It, wasn't into ge- a thing. it was not generic, but it felt right. Yeah. What they were doing. Like they did such a good job with that kind of like little detailed thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, that's why I like tried to like, we're watching this movie trying to critique it. So like, I'm making note of like the, this wardrobe contrast between these two characters, I think was really important. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean, where all these things are really thoughtful. And as it's kind of weird though, going from that, you see this movie with these, again, these very great, as you put it, they flow edits that just kind of cut into it. And they're very interesting and they're actually very different from scene. Like goes from fire to a normal mm-hmm. thing or from one red flannel shirt to another red flannel shirt. Or sorry, no, uh, Silk Road to that. But then it's when you pay attention to that and then you go to a movie where it's like, bah, bah, bah. And that's just it. It's just like it cuts. Scene cut to another scene. Yeah. And sometimes it can be funny. Like, Boring. And, throwing back to Hereditary. Like, I laughed out loud when they do the cut from like day to night in like a mm. second for no reason. And I was like, it just made me laugh because that was the point of it. So I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's a sh- always a shitty way to do it. No, of course not. But there is a you know what I mean that. But there like this movie. Shout out to the Spider-Man 2002. Shout out to these edits. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Sam. Oh yeah, we want to find out. We tried to find out who played Bonesaw, because that guy was ripped as fuck too, and he was like, ah, "I'm gonna get you." No, man. he was a wrestler. I do remember looking that up. Right, he was an actual wrestler. Oh, and we have to get here to the Bruce Campbell scene where he named Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. Oh, that. yeah, no, Bonesaw, Bonesaw's Randy Savage. Fuck like, off! That was Randy Savage? Yeah, no, I told you he's a wrestler. Oh, like, I didn't know it was like, Randy fucking Savage. Like, not, that like, so not awesome. only. Yeah. Oh my god, that just got so much more awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh, I'm fuck, glad I have to cut that down so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got excited to see Randy Savage. Yeah, it was Randy Savage. Oh my god. That was, why did I not see that? Fuck a me. classic wrestler. No, like, that's what I meant. Okay, put your, pass me your phone. Ah! <laughs> no, pass me the phone. I'm putting it over here now. But I'm the movie person. You're the movie. Okay. Far over here. Away from the edge of the ship so we don't have to keep sending an intern in to go fish it out of the water. It's it's waterproof. So. 
I want to point out too that I love that Randy fucking Savage has four scantily clad women rubbing him with oil. I'm not saying that's my fantasy, <laughs> but that's just impressive. <laughs> so, uh, Bruce Campbell in his gold jacket named Spider-Man because the human spider sucks. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, he named him right. Credit to Bruce Campbell and the best B movie actor of all time. Then we have yeah, so I think we yeah, we point out the wardrobe department department nailed it. You also that was it also really your note. Did. This entire movie wardrobe department because yeah, his like the leotard was Everything great. Everything was about it. it his first so costume good. looked something like something a normal person would make, and then until he took his double major. And I in want fashion. that to be my next Halloween costume, by the way. Oh, and then the groupies were shit talking Spider Man as he went down, which is an extra funny thing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "You're gonna die, boy! Oh, I need your mommy!" <laughs> I was like, "I love their, They're not even just like regular groupies. Like they also like down shit talk your opponent. Like they're they're very effective. They know how to cut you down." Yeah, it's like your uncle's gonna fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then actually, and so and the thing that's really good in this movie hammers in, it feels very connected to how Peter directly, indirectly causes Uncle Ben's death. Yeah. Like how he would feel like he has a direct hand. And again, Andrew Garfield won. Criticism for that later. But the, this one, it like, you definitely feel it. And especially too, because it has my worst fear in this, where they have a fight. It's the last talk thing they talk. Peter goes to make money as a wrestler, as a plot device, to go get a car to impress MJ. And then... He then, like, he says goodbye. He's able to, like, say goodbye to him, but even barely, because he's, like, just kind of like, Pete! And then he, like, dies. It's fucking shocking, and it made me cry, because yeah. it it just hammers it in. And then Peter, on a rampage, go goes on a rampage to try to get the guy who shot Uncle Ben, but then finds out, shocker, it's, the, it's some dude connected to a thing before, and he let him go, and he could have stopped him, and so indirectly causes death. And now he's responsible. He feels responsible. Yeah, and it's... This is his but, fault. Well, it was really good, though, because, again, it's... But he, he I mean, he was, guilt. he was kind of a petty bitch. He was. So, it's like, should he feel responsible? Probably not, but, like, maybe... Maybe that's his karma for being a petty little bitch. Well, even so, he did get screwed over, though, because, again, the guy did screw him over. It was, he got him, he fucked him on a technicality. Yeah, but in so. that movie in particular, in the first movie in particular... Like, because this, this has come up a few times in different iterations, comic, different movies, mm. blah, blah, blah. But, like, in this movie, in this iteration, he literally, he doesn't even, like, he's not even, like, he doesn't hesitate. Like, there isn't the moment of, like, oh, my God, what should I do? He just literally just, like, literally, like, steps aside. Like, he moves his body and, like, steps aside and is just, like, okay, get on the elevator and then waits for the next elevator. He's just, like... <laughs> he's okay. so smug about it bye and he moves his body like oh pass pass me I don't know I like that you're getting up and doing the motion for it I have but to I want to like emote I wanna, it I want to I wanna defend that with two things is that first off it's I know it's movies so there's movie logic here and there but realistically if that all happened in under 10 seconds like someone held a gun on somebody ran down a hallway how much of a how often is time slowing down so you can think something through you're right. I'm not going to argue with you about the smug body language, but that was realistically though. There was it, enough for him to be smug about it. Yeah, and again, because he well, he has he, even he, he expresses it. Well, he also so. has a one-liner, and you're right about that, and that's the whole point. But that's again why you can argue that he feels he feels so bad that he caused it because he was such a prick about it as well. They are both they are both being pricks. Yes, I know, Tippy. But that's why he actually has a, feels a hand. <laughs> then with the whole culminating with that, he confronts his 
for confronts Uncle Ben's killer, then also indirectly causes that guy's death. You could argue that's like, well, that's the whole thing that propelled him to be Spider-Man, to live with the words, with great power comes great responsibility, and live by them fully. I'm sorry, is every different Spider-Man iteration um, traumatic at first? <laughs> like, Spider-Gwen had Peter Parker even, die. Even My- Miles Morales in Into the Spider-Verse, like, the thing with his uncle, like, his, his own, Miles Morales has his own version of a story with his uncle, which is completely different, but it is also very traumatic for him being a, just a kid in high school. Well, I don't know. There's kind of maybe it's, I think, and I think that was a really good spoiler-free version. <laughs> well, I think it comes for. I guess we should have said at the very beginning of spoilers for like everything. Yeah. Well, so we can edit it. Yeah. I guess so. I guess what I mean though is that I think that realistically, it's the it's the the origin the hero's origin, right? It's the mm-hmm. it's the thing that propels the person, compels the person to do it, right? So in Tony Stark, it was a realization that his weapons of war fucking fuck people up. It's you know, it's what it's in Thor. It's learning not to be an arrogant prick and be humble. <laughs> it's it's you know what I mean. They're all they're different. Another. Versions. I love that scene. Yeah. There's a lot of different iterations of the same hero build, right? And Peter Parker's because it's all Peter Parker in the multiverse. There's a reason why one is the most popular, right? Because again, mm-hmm. like, I you know because it's an origin movie, and that's what I liked about Homecoming. Sorry, not to jump to jump to Homecoming, but I like that they're just like boom, it happened. But I guess they had Civil War set up, so yeah. Anyway, though, what I guess what I mean, though, is where are we at with this movie? I guess what I'm, well, I guess what I'm getting at is that I think that for the same origin all the time, this one did it very effectively in 30 minutes. Yes. And that's a good time frame and for that for the first movie. Because The Amazing Spider-Man took fucking an hour. <laughs> and that's why it's worth bringing hour. up. J.K. Simmons is the best part about this movie. He's the best part about all three movies because he's J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. What? Harm break? Can we take a break? Where are we at? Can we take a break? Can we? We got another page and a half. So, Holt, there's... Okay, I want to bring this up as a whole thing with the Green Goblin, because you see Norman escape. He doesn't fully remember what's happening. But then the intro of the villain is, first, it's ominous, because you just see his opponent, who who did get the military contract, get fucked up, like blown up by a mysterious bomb, and there's no seeing of him. So it's very ominous. And then the first intro to the Green Goblin is during the parade where after Norman Osborn is fucked over by his board of directors, the Green Goblin comes in and annihilates them with like a super flash bomb mm-hmm. that like just turns them to skeletons. It's fucking hilarious. He throws a bomb and they all turn to skeletons and the bones turn to dust and fall down after. It's very cartoonish. That's an extra like Sam Raimi nailed the comic bookness of this. Like this feels like a good comic movie. And then there's a parade scene with some pretty 2000 CGI. Oh, lots of Sam Raimi screams. Lots of over-the-top Sam <laughs> Raimi screams. And definitely lots of outdated CGI. I'd love to see, of all three movies, I'd love to see, like, a just digitally, like, retouched for some of the, um... I mean, I think they did a good job for, like, the close-up scenes, but everything mm-hmm. else is, like, Ew. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think fight, I, think the, I think the close-up fight scenes hold up well, but it's when no, you see... No, because that's where they put... They put the most detail into that old mm-hmm. CGI, right? Yeah. But everything that's supposed to be far away in all three Mary movies, Jane. You see in bl- all three movies, and I know we're, we're going to touch on some more specific points Blow later up on. Well, Mary Jane flopping in the wind. And that's in the second one. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's a few points in all three movies where 
the CGI was like dated, which which could you could you could just take the old movie files and just re-update that. You could uh, make it. You could punch it up a little bit. I argue against that because that's George Lucas' Lucas's excuse for fucking up Star Wars. So I'd say leave it as they are and just they are the test of time. I'm I'm okay with it because it's it's okay. It's history. But you could though. Okay, why don't you go tell George Lucas, Lucas and reaffirm his justification for that's for having thwampas in the background? No. Uh. <laughs> after some back and forth between the Green Goblin, I'll just I'll just go see George Lucas right now. We're best friends. After some back and forth between the Green Goblin, I'm sure he doesn't have many, so I actually believe that. <laughs> After going back and forth between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin in random fight scenes, because Green Goblin captures him in the middle of a fire, there's the whole thing about, or I don't know, maybe it happened whatever. He's like, sleep chemical, sleepy gas. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, telling Luxa on a rooftop, telling Spider-Man how they're not so different, because villains love to tell hewers how they're not so different. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Oh yeah, Ferg also that also after Spider-Man kicks his ass in the parade scene, Will Me he told he's like, We'll meet again, which is also a villain's favorite thing to say. Very classic. <laughs> so again, I love these lines. These are great. Uh I want to say that originally I was less I didn't like the Green Goblin costume, like Norman, as the without really? the Well, cause okay, no, I like it now, because I'm like, now okay. I think it's I think it works better now with the movie, and again, because it was supposed to be like a military. So when you were a kid, you had no fashion sense, but now you're good. No, no, no. When I was a kid, I was like, why is it not like the comics? I was very anal about it not being What's like the What's it look like in the comics? He has like a purple okay. hat on and the purple vest. I was fucking ten, man. <laughs> Get off my ass. Listen, <laughs> like, listen, first of all, I don't know what they look like in the comics for Green Goblin. I'll pull it up now. Se- please do. But second of all, you just said... Well, you just said you're kind of in the comics. How do you not know what he looks like? It was in the 90s cartoon, too. I don't remember. Okay, but continue. Forgive me, I don't remember every single little detail about everything. I forgive you. Okay, but the second thing I was just going to point out is that you just said I was really anal about the comic thing. And I'm sorry to say to you, I think that is still true. <laughs> I'm more forgiving now. Y- you know, <laughs> I don't... Oh, oh yeah, the, the purple and the hood... Yeah, okay, so I just needed to see it. Okay, I'm just teasing you, And the too. fucking boots and the gloves. I'm teasing you. I'm like, I'm half teasing you, too. You know that, yeah. But you just said I was really anal about the... the I, you say you were really you know, anal or I was really you, anal? You just said that you were. Okay. So when I, I was I'm, younger. No, but... I, yeah, when you were younger. Mm-hmm. But I just need to, to stay here and argue. That's... <clears throat> okay, fair. <clears throat> redo. I, I just, I am, I'm holding my ground here and I'm going to argue with you that you still are based on, based on, um, your reaction when we were watching The Amazing Spider-Man, which was my first time watching it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't your first time watching it. Okay, we'll get into it for And I think Spider-Man. you have more comic book knowledge with, than me, which, like, makes sense, I guess, for, but, like, I don't feel like you've, like, let go of, like, the comic movie disparity you're entitled to your opinion as everyone <laughs> is i politely disagree <laughs> so i just wanted to know here going back to the costume though i do like the new green i do like the modern green goblin costume because again the whole point was that it was military application and it was why would the military want a purple cap and vest on it like it so it makes <laughs> sense that it was like an armor and like the 
like oh yeah maybe the helmet didn't have to be like a green like a goblin shape but again it's like they i appreciate that more than like the uh, harry saying where he just has a helmet the long cap the long like cap <clears throat> seems like it seems like it's like uh uh link link gone bad you know what i mean yeah. Zelda, Zelda, Legend of Zelda Link. Mm-hmm. He's like gone evil. He. Green Goblin did come from the Hobgoblin, kind of. Like, yeah. and that's that's how that's done in a few iterations. The Hobgoblin I comes know, first. I just, I feel like I have a little bit less of like um, a nip, like a like an issue with with recreating how how characters look so much. Mm. Like, like even just like costume design. It just, I don't, I don't, that doesn't bother me that much that they decided to not go with the, with the, with the vest thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, cause I remember watching, like that was what the Green Goblin looked up, looked like in like the nineties cartoon. And I loved that. Like I, you know, and like, I just don't, mm. I don't, don't feel like they always need to look the same way, right? Well, to be fair, too, I don't hate every iteration. Like, the ultimate Spider-Man Green Goblin, I think, is fucking awesome. He's basically, like, a giant beast that creates fireballs with, like, just in the palm of his hand. Like, he's kind of, like, almost hulk oh, Yeah, the ultimate Spider-Man Green Goblin is fucking awesome. I never saw that one. It's that not, sounds cool, well, too. Well, that's a different comic It's a different comic I love line. how that you so, can just do whatever you want with yeah, the Yeah, like, I'm not saying I dislike... I'm not saying I dislike all of them, and, I, like, I like that one even when I was young, and that's completely different than, like, Hover Glider and this, because mm. he doesn't even fly. He jumps around like a fucking... He's giant, like a Hulk Green goblin i love that because i thought that was a cool different take on him because it's it still goes in the alternate or the split personality thing going on with norman osborne so yeah like and again it's, it's funny you're bringing all that up because i do have a actually i have more criticisms of how they set the lizard and amazing spider-man but we'll go into that later uh oh my god i love the thing with i sorry i really love the thing with green goblin at the top holding because then it culminates within the climax of green goblin holding mary jane because he's figured out spider-man's secret identity and a train of kids and he's like spider-man you must pick both one or the other what do you choose he's like you know why you don't have friends because you never know when a sadistic bastard will come along and fuck everything up he doesn't say fuck Mm-hmm. I'm parap- I'm super paraphrasing because I fucked the lineup, but it's I just love that <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh, I made a note to find the full quote, but we're not going to do that. So I no. love I love that it paraphrase though. It's great, it's still great. Actually, fuck me, I'm concerned. Yeah. Anyway, uh, movie cool. A cool thing ends though with Spider-Man trying to hold both, and then Green Goblin's about to take out Spider-Man, and the people of New York rally together and start throwing shit at the Green Goblin, like, "Hey, man, leave Spider-Man alone." Because Spider-Man supports the people, and they support him back. Yeah. And it's like fucking... I don't know, I'm sorry, I appreciate it's that scene so much great, more. It's yeah. And it's like, I think I, I'm sure I liked it as a kid, but I just love that now as an adult. And I think it was like a good thing, because that's, again, he's divisive in the city, but he saved people, and a lot of people like him. And he's, you know, he helps the, li- mm. he helps the little man. Or the little guy or person, you know what I mean. Yes. Uh... Yeah, then, he only helps dwarves. I get it. Yeah, he only helps dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a brutal ass kicking from Green Goblin. Good amount of blood, more than you'll ever see in a Disney movie in a Disney Spider Man now. So it's like actual intense. Like he's kicking his ass. Like he, you feel Tobey Maguire getting fucked up. Yeah. And eventually, like they have the whole thing. Then Tobey Maguire gets the upper hand, and then Norman Osborn like reveals his, uh, his secret identity. He's like, "No, it's Norman. No, don't kill me, Peter. I was like a father to you. It was a Green Goblin split personality. It's not my fault." 
And then he has, like, the glider going up. And this is, like, a cool end for the Norman thing, too. Because it's at this point where it's, like, him and the Goblin have fully fused in personality. Because the whole thing is, like, a split personality the entire time. Where he's, like, communicating with him a little bit. But mostly letting him take control to do his dirty work and shit. As he becomes, like, or maybe it's a bit more like Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe it's more of, like, a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I think that's more accurate. Which one? Nor or the Green Goblin. No. No, what we were saying is that we thought that the lizard was more of a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, Gummy Bear. So I do agree with you that it's more of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I just kind of, sorry, I boggled my words there a bit. My point, though, is that there's the fusion of the personalities where he's acting like Norman, but it's the Green Goblin acting as he triggers his hover jet thingy. Hover wings? Wasn't it, didn't you say it was a glider? Glider. Sorry, thank you. And it silently moves up, makes no sound at all, lined up behind Spider-Man to with these razor blade thingies to pierce Spider-Man. And as it goes towards him, bam... Spider-Man, Spidey Sense Ghost, jumps out of the way. Best funny line at the end of the movie. Just, or Green Goblin goes, oh. 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 He says, oh. Like, Spider-Man dodges. He's like, oh. As then you see it all in the face. It's Willem Dafoe in the most acted oh of all time. Very good. And so it's a little bit funny. Very comic-esque. Again, (laughs) this movie is a perfect comic book movie, I think. It is. I probably sound completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably there's been some time in between takes here as it is in the high seas and things are chaos and get ca- 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 yeah things get as chaotic as they are uh i want to say the end though in the whole thing though again the what i think is cool that comes away from it is peter then at the end of the movie rejects mary jane in his full like he has to be fully responsible so even after the uncle ben's so sorry even after uncle ben's death now and the green goblin finding out mary jane's identity or, you know, his identity, so he's going to hurt his girlfriend to rip out the heart. He has to protect those he loves by not dating Mary Jane. So yeah. it's, he has that, he has the establishing, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect hero origin because it has this, in my opinion, two layered kind of thing on that. And I know I've been, we basically did like a play by play of the movie, but I kind of think that if you actually, this one, it, this and the second one are the most worth paying attention to because you notice these little things and I pre- I will forever appreciate the edits of Sam Raimi in this movie and how fantastic they were in their scenes. Yeah. And one right before here, we take a quick take a, we do take a quick break though, between segments before we talk about Spider-Man two for Sam Raimi. I want to give a shout out to, Steve Ditko, and because as I, I happened to learn today in my watch later playlist to YouTube, so now I don't want to besmirch the dead or shit talk Stanley while well, he's not alive to defend himself, but I guess there is complex. I guess there's like legal complexities in the creation of these characters, and when you read his actual title, allegedly, t- allegedly for the lawyers, <laughs> for the lawyers of Canadian pirate cast. But essentially, so Stanley is credited, though, on paper as the writer-editor, Steve Ditko exclusively as, Steve, sorry, Steve Ditko exclusively as the creator of Spider-Man, or sorry, the design, 
the design creator, uh, like the visual design of Spider-Man. And there is apparently other things, I think more noteworthy, Jack Kirby. Oh, he also created Doctor Strange. This Mm -hmm. guy, the guy that created Spider-Man, Steve Ditko. And that gets funny in the second movie. But my point, though, is that so Stanley, while he did have an influence on Marvel Comics and he was undoubtedly the face of Marvel Comics, so to speak, there's obviously a bit of a Walt Disney crushing streak that's probably the equivalent of that in the comic book industry. But still, they made these great comics and there's no like I would still appreciate that. Any last things before transition gummy bear? Spider-Man, it's a great movie. It's great. The first one's great. Spider-Man 2002. Go Bruce Campbell. Also that. And Randy Savage. Up I saw from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Fire. <sighs> hey, welcome back to... Canadian Pirate Cast. Um. <laughs> At the movies with Gummy Bear. Oh, this it's your, it's your segment. Um, it's your segment. Yes, yeah, so, you know you you've been here for an hour. If you're still listening, so I think you know it's At the movies with Gummy Bear, and <laughs> we're gonna move on now to uh, Spider Man Two, two thousand four. Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi. All the same actors. Um, yeah. Especially same, all the same Bruce people. Campbell. Except for Randy Savage. He didn't have his role in this you know, one. Still Danny Elfman, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Man 2 kicks off, establishing right away the most interesting plot or, in, or interesting conflict within the whole character arc of Spider-Man. The conflict between his responsibility of helping the small-time crime, or no, sorry, defending small-time crime in New York fighting small-time crime in New York and conflicting with job and school and personal obligations to see Aunt Mary Jane's play, which is of the utmost importance. Yeah. If you, if you, if you miss her play, you know, you're just like a piece of shit person, I guess. Yes. As, as we all know, the boyfriend saw it three times. Harry saw it once and send very expensive flowers because money. Sorry, the... But I want to say too, though I just want to bring up I like the pizza gag in the beginning. The oh yeah, the, I I don't know I just like the little gag of the guy take eats like he gets Spider Man leaves the pizza up on the ledge and then he tries to eat a piece and then Spider Man webs that piece out of the guy's oh, hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that little gag. That's right. That because that's like I think I remember that I re- I remember that the most. Although you know those pizzas were so cold. Yeah right. You really that really bugs you that they don't didn't have one of those heater bags in two thousand four. I guess those didn't exist. Yes, they did. Then. Oh my god. No, they existed for so long. Delivery didn't. Did exist. you never get pizza like in the nineties? Like they had those bags. Too. Delivery didn't exist before Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, more food apps. That food app that gets you food. They just didn't exist, Gummy Bear, until before then. Chinese food always came in a paper bag, no warmer, just a paper bag. Yeah, but that's because the container. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Simmons still has the best lines. Professor Connors, the best established villain that never was in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. 
Yeah, that would have been cool, hey? It bugs me, and because again, it's it was perfect. The actor they had him, the they had for him was magnificent, and he was sorry. That's a personal nitpick of mine. Uh, I also want to say just again, give a shout out to the actress that played, or sorry, actor that played Aunt May because she was dope. She is my she is a, my favorite Aunt May, where she doesn't take shit. She smacks Doc Ock with a bro- or umbrella. She's not overly preachy. I like her. Yeah, just so, I mean, this is a different, we're recording this on a different day, and I'm sick, so. <laughs> Well, we're both sick. I'm more sick than you. Well, I'm, I'm more sick than I was yesterday. You were getting better, and now you're more sick than you currently were. Yay. I think I just got double sick. I think I just got something else. You probably just caught the thing I have now. So, you caught the thing that I have right now, so you got two colds. You got one for me, and then the other one for me. So, that's why I sound different today, or... Than I did five seconds ago. <laughs> time warp. Sorry. Let's do the time warp again. I meant to say this before. With like, I didn't want to interrupt you. I was, I was trying to get there before, and then we started talking about it really quickly. So, but that's why, because we're gonna try to keep this one a little bit more concise. <laughs> I went a little off the rails there earlier. I'm sorry about that. It's very true. <laughs> I was excited. Well, because we, I guess we never geeked out about Spider-Man before together like that. That was actually the first yeah. time that's actually happened, now that I think about it. Which is funny, because we've been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back on. Yep. Uh, Otto and his wife are super cute. I uh, They they oh, yeah. they have to establish the lot meaning of that loss really quickly, and I think they do it effectively in, like, two scenes. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry, I love the laundry joke where Spider-Man stains all of his clothes by washing a spider suit. Because <laughs> you never wash darks with all your clothes. Especially, like, skin-tight super suits. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, we need to get to this, too. As a great, important Bruce Campbell shout-out as when, so, as a scene where he's the only person to defeat Spider-Man in all these movies. <laughs> Peter Parker tries to get into Mary Jane's play. Again, this is all establishing that his connection between being a superhero and living his personal life. He tries to get into the play, though, but Bruce Campbell does not let him in. He tried to, but he did not make it into that play. Therefore, Bruce Campbell is the only man to ever defeat Spider-Man in the Sam Raimi universe. Damn. I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell thought about it that way. <sighs> I can't argue with that logic. Oh, really? Is he one who said that? Well, people give him shit for. I think some it was a it was a clip where some people were giving him shit for his cameos in the Sam Raimi movies. What? I can, okay, here I can I can I can I'll I'll concise make this concise. So he says, actually, if you think about it, I'm the most important part about all three of those movies. First off, I named Spider Man. If it was not for me, he would be oh, the yeah. human spider. Second off, he did not make it into that play, so I'm the only one to defeat Spider Man. And now, uh, I can't tell you exactly what I'll be doing in the third movie, but I'll let you know that we're teaming up. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, I, well, I think Bruce, or my, again, my friends, this is his point, but he thinks Bruce Campbell is just a born shit talker. Yeah. Which is why he's a gem. He's, he truly is an American treasure. Uh, just so everyone knows, the Spidey suit also rides in the crotch. So it's <laughs> important. And payphones! Oh, yeah, the payphones! So weird. Those don't exist anymore. No, pretty much not. So let's explain that for anybody wearing <laughs> this has never experienced a payphone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's just sorry, it's funny because it's just weird to think that we grew up with the payphones as '90s kids, and now they're just like it's. Uh, sorry, that is just it's a funny thing. 
man. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, sorry. Uh, I think you have this. Uh, oh, no. Oh, sorry. I like this, too, is that they have great set design in that they have small apartments. They show how tiny, like, Peter's apartment is, his landlord is, the shared bathroom among apartments. Like, That's barely apartment. He basically rents a room in, like, basically what looks to be, like, a converted house. Like, an old house that's been converted, which is, I think, a lot of, like, smaller apartments in mm. New York or like that. So that's why there's, like, the bathroom. He just has a room. Like... Well, I think it's a room is just a studio apartment, though. If it's one room, it's a studio, right? I guess you could call it that. Yeah, and I don't know if those always include bathrooms. But I guess I'm bringing it up because they just, they... Okay, it's a bad habit with movies. That's something my dad pointed out to me when I was a kid. It's never left me. Is that they're always you always see big ass houses because they usually need room for all the cameras and the spacing for it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Again, they have small like they have many small houses. Aunt May's house is small. Peter's is small. Harry's is fucking huge because he's rich. <laughs> oh, Mary Jane's is also not that big either. As like yeah. just a, so, it's all I just I I thought that's worth pointing out. Tippy, fuck! I'll pet you. Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. Sorry. <laughs> I overreacted. Uh, Alfred Malin? Alfred Molina? Molina? I can't see where you're pointing. Molina? Oh, that's what Alfred Molina, Dr. Octogotopus. I don't know. No, it was just shout out to him. He was great in the movie. I he's a fan, I think he was a fantastic doc, 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 doc Ock. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Many more Raimi screams. So many. Oh my god. There's actually there's yeah, there, so many there, more. there were twice as many Raimi screams in this movie as per sequel, uh, as per sequel thing. There's uh, I love the great segment, the little joke though with J. Jonah Jameson being like, "How about Doctor Strange? That's taken." <laughs> yeah. And again, that's extra funny knowing that uh, Steve Dinko is. Cat. Sorry, I'm fucking the name up, but yeah, the other the visual creator Spider Man also created Doctor Strange. Chippy, you can't do that to your fellow crewmate. The ship will sink if we're not one united front. She's got to go to the brig. To the brig, Tippy. To the brig. To the brig, Tippy. To the brig. She doesn't respect my authority. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you don't. You don't. You you don't respect your own title. So why should she? <laughs> uh. Oh yeah, sorry. Then after Doctor, I love sorry. I love this foreshadowing too. Is that when he's having his moment when the arms are talking to him, and as you pointed out, the arms communicate very well. Like the whole point is that his octopus arms have an AI controlling them, and but they are expressive as well in like showing and just communicating with him because they don't. He doesn't out say everything they're doing, right? So because he's having a communication with another voice in his head. Yeah. But, and when he's first having his, um, I'm a monster moment, he's like, these arms belong in the river. Foreshadowing! Yeah. Uh. Oh, right, then you pointed out when you robbed the bank, why is the safe, oh yeah, so I love this, and I say, I say because it's a comic book. <laughs> yeah. Because this is also a very good comic book movie. But the so safe in the middle of the bank floor, it's com you know the big twisty door <laughs> to you know that you just spin open because that's how you open those old safes in two thousand four. And when Doctor Octopus robs it, there's for some reason there's gold coins in just bags of bags of gold, gold coins because this is American. It threw me off because I'm like, oh, it's Canada, so those are all those are all loonies. And then you pointed me, you told me how dumb that was. <laughs> which you're right, <laughs> they're not even the right size, and also it's yeah. like in New York. Yeah, but oh yeah, you're right. So just like a big vault of gold coins, and, and I guess it. And I guess else. Doc Ock is buying all of his stuff, all of his illegal equipment, in just like solid gold, as one do <laughs> as one does. Yeah, not suspicious at all. 
Yes. Police never caught on. Uh, oh yeah, and what, it, it, this was important for both. I thought this was noteworthy for both movies because before Stanley cameos became like, oh my god, Stanley cameos! Oh my it, god, do people really do that? Yeah, uh, I think there was always one person in the theater. Really? <laughs> uh, I'm probably being. I'm, I'm probably exactly. I don't, I don't actually. I watch so many movies. I don't actually go to the movies very often, though. I used to, but it's just like the. There's always like the. Oh, Stanley! You know what I mean? Or haha! It's everyone. It's the thing. Yeah. But you pointed out in both these movies, and I feel like this in the X Men movie too. Blink and you miss it. Yeah. It's literally like you blink and you miss it. So it's. I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought I like that too as well. Like I appreciate those. Like, him having lines was fun, but it was so subtle. Sometimes you weren't even sure if you saw him. It was just an old man extra. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And sorry, I pointed out that again. May being a good Catholic woman, that when Doc Ock is about to stab Spider Man, she's like, "Shame on you!" and hits him with her broom. She kicks ass in these movies. I yeah. love Aunt May. I'm saying that sorry because she sucks in the cartoon. She's Really? I don't remember. Eh, she was just, she was always like, you know, she loved Peter. She was not like a mean, terrible person, but she, this one is like badass, I would say. <laughs> you can convey well through the movie, though, that Harry is spiler, spilering upon the death of his dad and having... Spilering. <coughs> yes, spilering. So, you know, he's drinking more and more, so he's kind of becoming an alcoholic. So it like really does show that. And I thought that was because... Good, because that's kind of build up for the next movie, which could have been executed better, but it was good just showing that conflict in there. And essentially for how it pays off, too, between him and Doc Ock. Yeah. You had mentioned that you like the way, the fancy way of pouring champagne by pinching the butt end of the bottle and oh, yeah. just holding the entire thing. Which I have never seen before either, or if I haven't forgotten about it. So that was a good catch. At the fancy party as Peter gets, or sorry, no, Harry gets drunk and assaults Peter. Peter can never get any food. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Peter is just born to starve. That's why he's so scrawny. <laughs> uh, but then, I don't know, I think there was, um, again, I think it's a, it's probably, I think it is a, like a bit of an iconic line, but maybe just forgotten because as like. <laughs> The Disney Marvel Universe floods the oversaturates the entire market into a sea of content. Mm-hmm. Anime has this great line though that I remember loving so much at the time, is that when Peter's like again he's given up on Spider Man, and we were talking sorry I was just talking about how crippling your heroes, like a shout out to this YouTuber called uh, Savage Books who does really good videos on story structure and character development. Cool. And he bring he talked about he did a video recently on. Um, as he says, crippling your character, your your or crippling your hero, right to the point where you take a very powerful character, but then take away their power and make them have to work around it, or like for whatever thing. And an example of that is a frequent thing in the in all the mediums is Spider Man running out of his own web formula because he creates it himself. So there's always a finite supply. But this movie does that well, and the and the, again the arc of Spider Man losing his powers for questioning himself is not uncommon. But it was very well done, and it's kind of cool because he's like two years into this now, and it's affected his life. It's affecting his life. Uh, that, but then, sorry, going back to the anime, this line she has this line saying, "I think there's a hero in all of us," mm-hmm. and with more words around there to paraphrase. Uh, but I don't know. I just think it, it really, I'm sorry, really resonates with me. 
Oh, you you laughed about this though, and the whole setup about Mary Jane getting married in the movie—it <laughs> happens in less than a year. Yeah, which like, is what's it, the time frame there? I think that's not uncommon, but I do want to say for Devil's Advocate, maybe you could argue that she's trying to get over Peter because she's like she had her whole thing like I love you, Peter, you were the one, and then he rejected her because he had to. Yeah, and then she and she was only really she doesn't even know why she was dating Harry. Like, he, like, the only person that thinks that she was happy in that relationship was Harry. Yeah. <laughs> so, MJ, it's, yeah, she loves the, she loves J.K. Simmons' nephew, but, sorry, J. Jonas Jameson's nephew, but there's a kind of thing where she tries to kiss Spider-Man kiss him, and then she just, it's like, not yeah, the same. That was cringy a little bit. <laughs> it was, but she created the Spider-Man kiss, so she can do what she wants with it. I guess so. She has that patent down. Oh, you said Peter was wearing lipstick. Oh, that happens all the time. I didn't know that. I always point that out. When it's just like, it's just like sometimes in like certain scenes in movies, when the men have like, mm. maybe a bad color match or the lighting just makes it really obvious. I just can't help but be like, oh man. Oh yeah, we also did laugh though at the whole scene though, where after, so after she has her, MJ. So we talk after MJ has her whole moment of fate, her moment of disbelief with the upside down kiss. She's talking to Peter and she's like, tell me you don't love me. And at this point, Doc Ock is hunting down Peter because he made a deal with Harry Osborn to get his MacGuffin. No, I guess it's not a MacGuffin. No, a MacGuffin is just like a super power destruction device, right? I think it was like a like a power source. Oh yeah, it's like power his super I'm power. I'm not 100 sure, but the the super mineral that he needs to do stuff. So Peter has so Harry has his dark moment of being like, "Bring me Spider Man," because he killed my dad. So he go and then he sells out his friend, being like, "Peter takes his pictures, so find him." So he's not only putting his friend in danger because their relationship, their friendship, has deteriorated so much. So I think it's like you could argue it's Harry's lowest point. It's yeah. a character which I thought was good. Uh, but then Doc Ock to get Harry's attention. Oh, Crew's being loud as fuck today. So to get settle down. (laughs) So to get Pete's attention, he whips a car through a coffee shop window, and Peter dodges it because he has spider sense reflexes. But then we're both like, how would he possibly? He didn't know he was Spider Man yet, so he wouldn't know he was able to dodge that. So he could have fucking killed him by like just hitting him with a fucking car. Like Like, he might have literally extra there, Otto. And it was cool. Like I love the you love the visual of it, but like, is would Otto really like kill the one source he had to finding Spider Man to get the bullshit mineral he needs? (laughs) I I see him over there in the cafe. Just whips the car. Yeah, and then he then kidnaps Mary Jane and runs away with a blow up doll because they couldn't afford to have the real person do it yeah the cgi was hilarious uh, yeah sorry it's like the arm is waggling around and she's like Wee! and it looks like a blow-up doll <laughs> waving in the wind and that's not a dunk on curse and dunce that's just uh, you, like we said it's the far off cgi where they probably like yeah. ran out of money on their budget and they had to go wacky waving arms inflatable salesman <laughs> the oh yeah as I, I think as i said is if you're not spider-man you don't need good cgi Yep, Spider-Man only. Fight scenes. Fight scene. All that money is for the fight scenes. So. Yeah. And I do think there's a... I do think there's a good build-up, though, with, like, Doc Ock's evil deeds. Once again, though, because he, go, he goes from, like, bank robber to terrorizing an individual citizen to holding an entire subway train hostage to fight Spider-Man and kidnap him. 
And once again, now this is actually a scene I want to point out, though, because you know the whole scene in the subway where he loses his mask and a bunch of people see his identity and they're like, oh, he's just a kid. I remember hating that when I was younger because I was like, what the fuck is his identity? But then as an adult, I realized, yeah, again, like the people have his back and they have that realization where they're like, it's just a fucking kid. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing with him. And I know that, again, his age ranges in different like canons. But he was the he was one of the first teenage superheroes because all the teenage superheroes were boy sidekicks at the time. Right. So when he was so him being an individual superhero on his own was actually a big deal for the t- at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, I just want to say I really actually like I actually love that because again it shows like the citizens having his back again, and that's the last time we'll see that. Oh, I guess it happened in the Amazing Spider-Man, but yeah, so it's just a good recurring theme in Spider-Man that I like. Oh, then whole thing at the end, comp- big conflict at the end, Spider-Man, Spider-Man fights Doc Ock in a warehouse as he makes his energy sun thing with the bullshit mineral. But then it comes full circle with Peter, Spider-Man combines Aunt May's wise words with Doc Ock's wise words from the, from the beginning of the movie. So full circle, as George Lucas would say, circles with circles and they rhyme with each other. <laughs> But it was totally cool, and then you know the whole thing where Otto puts himself on the river, takes sacrifices himself, like as a in a character change. Good arc, takes the sun down with him. And oh yeah, then you pointed out the whole Acres thing. Got too close to the sun. Yeah, I think that was like on purpose. Of course it was, because that was his whole driving thing. Was he lost his wife? He lost everything. All he had was his ambition to do this great thing for the world. Which I don't understand what that was supposed to be. I don't know, Infinite Energy Source? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was supposed to be, like, Infinite Energy Source, but then, well, it's if you add real-world logic to that, then you'd be like, okay, so they would crash the energy market <laughs> or become the sole most richest company on Earth for providing energy, which <laughs> both would be terrible fucking things. Although you could argue that works for Norman Osborn because he's, like, a really intense villain in the actual comics. Yeah. Aside, Green Goblin aside, like, he also becomes a villain in his own thing, too, and the Green Goblin is just, like, his terrorist side. <laughs> so he's, like, my evil businessman with horror slash terrorist. Eventually. Oh, I want to tell you about this, though, because this is actually, because this happened at the time, and it's fucking hilarious, before we take our break to the next movie. So there was this controversial statue of Mary Jane released at the time that pissed off the Spider-Man fan base and women. What? So this was, it was a statue of Mary Jane, like kind of in like a, I think it was like a low cut shirt, obviously with extra big boobies, washing Spider-Man's outfit, like hand wash style. And she had like a thong. It was like a controversial thing at the time. What the fuck? And this was, I remember because again, this is before the internet and you can find a picture of it now on the internet. It's not hard to Google. But it's not that I would know. But my mom found it and showed me. Or no, she like she found the she found. Oh no, she I think she found out from the internet and or found a newspaper article on it. And she said she's she said she's talking about how funny it was. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Like just how many people got pissed off by that. And well, like I understand why, but I think it's funny that they made it as well. <laughs> Was it like official merch? Uh, it's one of those statues where I don't know. I don't know how those work because those like fancy artistically artistic statues you find everywhere, like in comic book shops and shit. And I'm I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right term. That is it. Jesus Christ! Who cares? Yeah. Well, I think that's what what was funny about it is who cares. But it's also funny that they made it. So it's both (laughs) of these things. 
yeah, like I said, I don't think it's like an exclusive one. I just remember that was because I'm a fan of Spider-Man, and it's not like I bought the thing, but it was like, oh, hey, look what's like, look someone made, and people are pissed off, and I was like, oh, that is kind of funny. <laughs> but I remember that was around that time, roughly. Now we're going to take a break before we go into Spider-Man 3. Yep. We'll, <laughs> we'll be right back. Pass our souls from shoveling all day. So Welcome back to the Canadian Pirate Podcast. Uh, it's time for Spider-Man 3, 2007. Bit of a longer gap in between the movies there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, uh, as I'm sure... As I'm sure you know, it is wildly hated. Why is that? Um, well, I mean, it just really wasn't as good as the other ones. And there are some hiccups and weird production choices that um, that do make it inferior movie. Although, I, I still personally am like, it's just like, it doesn't make me that mad that it's bad. Like, I'll still watch it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's still, it's still whatever. See, I actually wouldn't just because... I think that those two hours could be spent doing anything else. Even watching one of the other Spider-Man movies, just not that one. (laughs) (laughs) But these are just our differing opinions. I guess so. First thing I need to say, though, is holy shit. I did not realize Bryce Dallas Howard was fucking... Oh, Jesus Christ. Gwen. Gwen Stacy, thank you. She's great. She is. Uh, like, uh, And I love her. My, I think that, well, I think that ever, well, uh, a lot of people's favorite is the Black Mirror episode. Uh, Absolutely. Nosedive. She's so fantastic. God, no, that episode was perfect, and she is amazing mm-hmm. uh, as an actor. But, yeah, so that was, like, and so super, yeah, super fresh-faced. Her, I, don't know what she, I don't know if she had been doing, like, many things before, but that would that would have been a big role, because it's, like, the third Sam Raimi movie in this first superhero I mean... trilogy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why... I think that's also part of the reason why people hate it so much is because there were, like, really high expectations. Everyone was really fucking pumped. And then it, you know, it was... It wasn't great. Oh, I guess there's a thing with this, too, to bring up, is that the... There's a lot of things in this movie that could have been great. Like, it was... I think that there was was structure there that would have worked really well. Just a couple tweaks. I blame... I, th- my theory, again, I couldn't find any hard thing on this, but my theory is studio interference. Is Sony being like, oh, well, you should be doing this, and some jackass had some dumb idea, and some things got moved around. So, that's my, I I, I, don't know, I think that Sam Raimi had a firmer grip on one and two, where they're like, do your thing. Do your Sam Raimi thing. <laughs> I think that was, I'm sorry, in three, they just kind of were like, or, 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 they said... So, everyone knows the rules, Hollywood. The third one has to be the worst one. Aww. Or it can't be as good as the second one. Never. We could just, like, end it on a banger, though. Nope, the end of a trilogy must always end on a bummer. <laughs> Fire this asshole. <laughs> just a theory. Oh, sorry, two things. Starts to start off with. So, starting off here. Uh, Peter Parker's dating Mary Jane. Harry is still a grumpy bitch. 
And Peter is, oh, as you said, as he's watching Mary Jane's play, but super cringy, mouthing the words of her song. Oh my god. Oh, you cringed hard. That was like right at the beginning, too. I know, you lost some he's stuff He's just in like so, cringe. so fucking over eager, and he's like, mouthing, oh, and his look on his face, and it's just like, oh my god, we get it, you love Mary Jane, like, holy shit, like. He's dating the girl, his we girl he's loved for years, he stalked her for years, and then he finally got to date her. It's so creepy, like, okay, if I was in a play... <laughs> If I was in a play, I'm gonna mouth words to you in a play now. It just says, you know, when I come as your friend to a play, I'm gonna mouth it to you. Or I'm gonna mouth words that are not your lines to just try to psych you out and make you fuck up. Yeah, I would know. And then, and then, like, if, yeah, and if I was in a play and I was singing and I saw my boyfriend sitting in the front row and he was like, had that fucking look on his face and he was mouthing the words like that, I would just be like mortified. Mm. Be like, well, you know, Peter's. Look, Peter. <laughs> it wasn't just that. He was also name dropping to two complete strangers. But hey, I'm dating her. Hey, hey, hey. Guess where? Exactly. I, guess where my. Guess all right. Where, guess where my piece all right. is good to go. All right, Peter. It was fun. Uh, Not as fun as it was for Peter. A little awkward, but. Um... <laughs> the oh yeah, and sorry because we bitched about this multiple times in the movie, but I feel like we have to retract this though because okay, so the whole thing with the Venom symbiote falling from space also that's like the lamest meteor ever. Like, it's really often that a tiny meteor falls right behind Spider-Man. He doesn't even hear it. Like, you don't notice it or anything. Just like, oop. And then it attaches to his bicycle. Now, we bitched about the spider sense not going off with that. No spidey sense. Now, there is actually an explanation for that. Although, I don't remember exactly. Really? Now, here. So, notoriously throughout the series, Venom never triggers his spidey sense because the symbiote took some abilities from Spider-Man when he left. Because it's a parasite. Right? But not before. That's what I was wondering about, is I don't know... I thought... I always thought the first time he encounters... Because I do remember that as being a recurring detail. That's what makes Venom one of the deadliest villains, because he he can bypass Spidey's... His, his sixth sense, which is probably his most, re, like, best power, arguably. Right, yeah. That predetermination. So, but I, I do not... I think the first time it happens, it triggers off a Spidey sense, because it's an unknown thing, and it only gets that bypass once it's, like, caught, taken shit from him and, like, lived off him. Like... Yeah. Cat. But that being said, though, even if we... Even if that's a technical thing for it, I think that you have to give it a pass from the movie, because they have to kind of condense Spider-Man lore into a short period of time. Even though this movie was, like, two hours and seven minutes long. Or it might have been two and a half, actually. I don't remember which one. It might have been... It might have been two and a half. Can you pull it up quickly? Because I don't actually remember. But I remember it being fucking long. There were so many things that, like, were happening. And you actually, like, we forgot about shit. It's like, oh, yeah, right. That was a thing. That's happening. It's like, oh, yeah. Because so they introduced things and then, like, they, like, like waited till later. They had too many things. They... I think this would have been it a back great... up and it was like, well, yeah, like, I forgot this was even a fucking part of this. This would have been a great Less Is More movie. They could have done... They should have done... Harry Two turns... hours and 19 minutes. So, oh yeah, we need to bring this up too. So, Thomas Hayden Church, the actor that plays Sandman, because we need a third villain. So, they have they were setting up they were setting up Harry turning into the Green Goblin, which I'm okay with. They set up the symbiote landing on Earth, which is a thing. They, I guess we, maybe they had established they were never going to do anything with Doc Connors, but I say, so, man, that would have been fine if you're just going to do Venom and Green Goblin Harry. But no, we need a third villain in this movie, Sandman. There is one more point that we thought was important to bring up, and it really does just kind of beat the dead horse of that the Sandman was excessive in Spider-Man 3. 
But as if that wasn't enough, they also use his character to retcon Uncle Ben's death so that he was the actual killer and it never was resolved, which both Gummy Bear and I are just like, what the fuck was the point of that? Um, one thing I just thought of, because I was a little bit confused, because they had some hinting about the Green Goblin thing before, but then it shows him coming out of, like, the machine that, like, tr- uh, changes you, and I was a little bit confused, I was like, why is he doing it now? And I guess it was, like, right after he found out that Peter was Spider-Man? I can't remember. Well, that's not even the biggest, in- in- like, incontinuity that bugs me, So that made him want to do it? I don't get it. They don't really... Maybe maybe we're supposed to assume it does, but they don't really... Like, they established with Norman Osborn right off the bat, like, once he starts taking the drug, he starts hearing voices in his head, like, he develop, he develops schizophrenia, basically. Yeah. Like, in a, in a, super, in a super serum way. There's none of that with Harry. It's kind of at the end where he's hearing his father's voice, but that's like the very end of the movie. And then he kind of, and that's the whole thing where he has to reject his father in that voice too, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of, they should have clarified that because it seemed, it made it seem like he was completely cognitively fine. He was just like, but he just had all the benefits of the serum, but none of the pitfalls. And maybe, because that was, maybe he was part of the percentage that would be fine with, but... I just want to give a thing out, too, because that infinite joke that was Sandman, though, for being the criminal, his whole establishing character is that his daughter is sick, therefore it's okay for him to commit crime. That's that's the sympathetic <laughs> villain. The... Oh, yeah, and then he falls into the sand pit and gets mutated into sand. Stupid. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, we I talked about this, too, where I bitched... Uh, sorry, quick thing, let's go into that, where that was you, that was horrifying, too. Like, this him trying to, like, formulate his body. Oh, my God, the fucking that body. whole scene after As you described, to stand. It was nightmare it's fuel. It's nightmare fuel, absolutely. I'm... It's horrific, honestly. Oh, but we do actually have a bitch here, the consistent thing with the Spider-Sense thing, because I think... Oh, it... and sand clothes. And sand clothes, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, so he could form his... Apparently his clothes are sand, too, because the clothes were in the sand beams, so the clothes are also have sand powers, as that's canon. Uh, no, we actually have we we can rightfully bitch about the spider sense thing though because we also made a note. Uh, we also made a note that when Harry attacked him, spider sense did not go off either. Right. And even if it was his friend attacking him, it's an attack. The spider sense should have gone off. So it yeah, is. It might have been sloppy writing as well too. Like, because I don't even think they show. Up, I don't think. I think the spider sense doesn't go off until the Spider-Man end. Spider Man just sort of forgot he, he had spider sense. Yes, he, he just forgot his six sense powers. Uh oh yeah. Then you brought up that. Oh, yeah, too, because in Sandman, so first thing, too, because when Sandman, before this, he runs into the radioactive sand pit, he's climbing the fence, and he's like, there's fucking, like, 20 cops in a field. He punches a police dog, and you're like, why don't they shoot him? Because, like, we've had people shot on the island for, like, attacking a police dog, because a police dog is an officer. Not to bring that up, but I'm just like, and and, again, movie logic. Movie (laughs) logic. Because he's white. They let him... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right, because he's white. That's why. Because he's Thomas Hayden Church. (laughs) You You can't shoot him. it's really funny well you know i'm still kind of upset about it yeah uh oh yeah and then you you said too that we oh you laughed too that the like the cops are surrounding the outside fencing areas and the scientists don't skip a beat like they don't notice the cops outside their scientific (laughs) compound and they're mutating very secure honestly yes very secure really really like crazy seeming um experiments but like let's not do like a 
security sweep. No one's like, hey, there's cops outside. They're like, no, nah, we don't care. Run it anyway. Well, I wonder, maybe that was the whole, they were so incompetent that they let a man get across the fence and just fall into the pit. It was fine. <laughs> there's it's, it's, it's some birds. Not fly away. There's no fence around the pit. <laughs> <laughs> no fence around the radioactive sand pit. No, al- like, alarm or something. Like, any- nothing. There's literally nothing. Uh, oh, yeah, then I think my favorite recurring joke in the entire movie, though, is... J. Jonah Jameson has to watch his blood pressure from his anger, and so it's... But he has that loud beeping thing, like the loud (laughs) thing for Betty Brand to go, and it's... He's like, thank you. (laughs) Fucking love J.K. Simmons. He is the best best part about all these movies, except for Bruce Campbell. Final shout-out, he was not an amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, uh... You thought, oh yeah, you thought that you were bugged by how MJ's bosses when they fire her too. Because so MJ can't sing. That's thrive. That's a plot in this movie as well. So MJ can't sing, so she gets fired from her acting job. And you say that that you mentioned that like the show producers are kind of she pre- can sing. They're predicted like, about it, but it was just that wasn't past the first row. All the critics row. were like, eh. so then they fired her. I think like obviously like she's in the movie singing competently she's like you can't mm-hmm. say she couldn't sing it's just that not in a way that impressed the new york critics yeah theater all. critics i oh yeah and then sorry Ramy screams last time <laughs> we made that note yeah there are Ramy screams in the movie more uh why is oh yeah I... this book me is why is sandman hurt by bullets like his he's a pile of sand why do bullets hurt him hmm I don't know. Oh yeah, then we also mentioned too. So the whole they thing—they don't really like—they don't seem to like hurt him, hurt them. It's more like of like a oh shit, like uh, like maybe it hurts, but like, but like he always reforms. Like it's not like I don't know. Okay, maybe fine, but it's just like I thought that's whenever someone's like their body is an element. I'm like I get like okay. Sometimes there's a way to fuck him up. Like they establish later in the movie, like when he gets wet, he that fucks that makes him like deteriorate. Fine with that because like the element has changed, right? Maybe if they had, maybe if they had made it its own movie, it would have gotten to explain like how it feels to be sand, and like if you like punch or like touch it, like mm-hmm. how that like when you form your body, like how that is. But yeah. um, we don't get that because it's all jammed together. I'm probably being I'm probably being overly picky about that, but again, they're just they should have cut a bunch of shit out. But then so yeah. Gwen Stacy almost falls out of a building. Spider Man saves her life. They had Robert Duvall to do two scenes. As her dad. Eddie Brock says that he's dating her. Oh, fucking Topher Grace. But, we forgot about that. Yeah. But it turns out they went out for coffee one time. Yeah. So it kind of shows that. He's shows, in love with her. It, it just kind of establishes that Eddie Brock is a douche. And okay, now give me all this. a little bit. I think Topher Grace is miscasting this. Because Eddie Brock is kind of a big jockey douche. I think he did his best. He did his best. But I think that if you're going for like, like you wouldn't hire Tom Cruise to play a Rambo movie, right? I guess not. Uh, so there's, like, I'm not trying to be... I don't know. <laughs> there are just certain rules where you're typing... You're, if you're not going to do, like, some kind of makeup or thing, or if he's not going to get shredded for the role, which he didn't, then it's kind of... And again, like, whatever. If you want to have a reimagining of it, that's fine. But I just kind of... I The whole point of Eddie Brock is he acts like a big dumb jock, and Eddie just kind of acted like a weaselly little... Like, this little sneaky bitch. And I was... Uh, just, I like that less. Right. Because the whole thing with them, too, is that he's stronger than Spider-Man. Like, so Spider-Man is agile, has more, like, reflexes. Venom is a big, swamping, like, bleh! Like, it's oh, yeah. part of the intimidating factor of that villain. Sorry, my fav- one of my favorite villains. I mean, 
Uh, and I'm sure a lot of... That I don't know. isn't arguably the best Spider-Man villain. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And even so, and I, sorry, that's a whole, we can go down on a whole other thing. Oh, sorry, yeah. saying a point, though, because then he has... So he saved Gwen Stacy, Eddie Brock's a douche, giving Spider-Man the key to the city. So the fame has gone to his head. He says bye to his girlfriend, and then within two minutes, kisses Gwen Stacy on, spa- on stage because... The crowd is chanting for him. Oh, to that do was it. so weird, like, though. I think they're they're making characters, and this goes into like I think studio interference or like think tank interference because they make characters do stupid let's shit. Let's have a romance debacle. Like, let's make a let's okay. On top of all the stuff they have going on in the movie, they're like, let's fucking throw in like a relationship problem. I don't know. Yeah, and they didn't like they didn't establish that they were having problems. If anything, they kind of established that maybe. Like, she, Mary Jane, was kind of, like, less kind of cool with Spider-Man because she's, like, living in a shadow, she's dealing with her own shit, she's not really telling him. And there's just, like, okay, so he saved her one time, and it, it's not like he's into her, but it's just, like, why did he do that? What rational person would do? He's dating the girl in his dreams, and he's so fucking into her that he's mouthing her words to her in stage. And he goes from that to, I'm gonna kiss this yeah, random bitch. there's no lead-up. There's, like, a missing, there's a missing piece to that, like lead up and then we had also argued that at this point if he had if the symbiote um had attached to him that um by that point it would make sense that he was acting weird but it hadn't yet it like shows up at the beginning of the movie and then you don't see it for like an hour yeah and there is and to be fair there is a scene later where he is extra douchey because the symbiote is taken over so you're like okay that makes sense but this is like way before then and it just kind of that would have been like a scene. It's almost like that scene should have been after the symbiote had infected him. Like the symbiote should have infected them right in the beginning of the fucking movie, yeah. like nearly the beginning, and that you see the slow sense. decline of his like of his thing. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, on top of everything else happening. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> oh yeah, so best scene ever. And can you link that Bruce Campbell the the edit of that scene? But so the best scene oh, ever, where it. Bruce Campbell teams up with Peter Parker to. Clichely put the wedding ring, the engagement ring, in the bottle of champagne at a French restaurant. Bruce Campbell with the best not French accent mm-hmm. of all time. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you pointed out more cringe here. Peter talks to himself at the table. Oh yeah, because he's like he's he's pretending <laughs> he's like he's living out. So what's he's going happen. back to normal. Like... Now I'm gonna be honest. I'm not saying I haven't tuned out of reality and created my own fantasy in my head before, but I don't mouth the words in a public area. I do when I was like walking home and no one was <laughs> around me, man. Like there's a time yeah. and a place for that kind of behavior, Peter. Sorry, just like a completely different meme. <laughs> when you have hot Italian maid, as our hot Italian maid, then yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so then rightfully so, MJ calls him on the upside down kiss with Gwen Stacy, and then he's kind of just like sad at the table. And it's, yeah. Okay, so they break up. So they kind of, they don't break up or maybe they take a break. It's not really a thing. This movie had no interesting edits. So finally we get to the point, though, where all this behavior would make sense is he, the symbiote takes over his body, big dramatics moment. Weird things. He blacks out for some reason. <laughs> and then... Just bl- that one time, though. Yeah, just that one time, which is not a thing because the whole point is he's conscious of his behavior. The... What I don't like is, so we both agree that the black Spider-Man suit looks cool, but I don't like that he can take it off, because the whole point of the Venom suit is that it doesn't leave him. Like, it transforms into other clothes, and that's, like, an actual 
thing it does. Like he uses he uses it when he starts being like a shithead in different mediums to like dress up like a cop and escape out of there. Yeah. So it's so that's kind of so I just kind of I didn't like that he like he's choosing between like putting on the other one and putting on the black one. Like I I wish that, you know what I mean. I just thought it would have been cool. Like that's more symbiotic because the whole point is that it's a symbiote. It needs him to live. So if he takes off its body, is that not fucking the symbiote constantly? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's worth bringing up though because the whole thing because his landlord from a previous movie he was like who's kind of an asshole. He has some humanity, and he realizes that Peter's, like, going through some shit, and he's like, hey, man, like, you're a good kid, and, like... Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see some humanity from the landlord, not just, like, the landlord's daughter that has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, after... So after Spider-Man kicks Harry's ass, there's no scar on his head, because he's, like, still juiced up on Super Serum. All oh, right, he hits his head, and he loses some memories, so he's, like, friendly for oh, yeah. He's, like, friendly, he... So I forgot this other... He, he, he makes a couple of memes with MJ, MJ in the kitchen, cooking food, and moves on. Has no scar. And we also agree that Ursula, the landlord's daughter, is the actual nicest character in the movie to Peter. Of all the people that, like, she's even nicer to him than MJ is. To the point where memes have been made online saying that he should have picked her over MJ. <laughs> with very inarguable reasoning. But what's actually really cool that I liked is once Harry gets his memories back and he remembers everything, he starts playing, like, 3D chess with, like, he's, like, faking his, like, thing. I was like, oh, I still don't remember shit. Then he's, like, secretly behind, like, Mary Jane, break up with Peter or I'll fucking kill him. Right. So I really like that. And that's where I was kind of, again, all I could think about this movie is, like, they should have cut Sandman and focus on this because this is fucking cool because this is, like, the fucking most thing they were used to be best friends and now he's using shit he knows about his best friend against him like that's the fucking worst kind of villain right it's someone that used to be your fucking comrade and friend yeah they were outcasts together and now he's like manipulating him to fucking like to break up his girlfriend and kill him too so again all i could think about for this movie was there was potential there was just so much potential and fucking think that sony i just think sony fucking sucked their stupid dick and it fucked it up Wait, I want to know what this is. How'd you do that? I don't know. I guess I've become something of an icon. <laughs> I'm still trying to find it. Don't worry. It's, if it's not, well, hopefully someone on the internet can find it. It's just it, We'll say what it is at the end if we... Okay, we'll say what it is at the end if you can't find it. But then, so, you know, Peter goes through his bad boy development. He parts his hair. He pops his collar. After he puts on a suit, he humps the air outside the store, as one does. Iconic, okay? Iconic. And his hair, all of a sudden, he just, like, he, like, he's, like, goes emo hair, and his instant eyeliner. How did he get eyeliner on? We don't know. So, as we mentioned before... The symbiote, it just goes around his eyes like eyeliner. <laughs> See, that, that would be, and that would be canon. <laughs> so, to bring it up, too, though, as we mentioned that the first two movies created their fair share of, like, memes, mostly with J.K. Simmons... But this movie created fucking a meme every five minutes. Okay. Like, the memes are alive and well. I'm I, one of my favorite subreddits is Raimi memes, and it's it's dedicated to Sam Raimi's. God bless Spider-Man. the God bless the age we live in. I love if, the internet. If there, is, if there is a God, it's, God it's, bless it's, the internet. Honestly, it has the funniest meme. It's one of my favorites. Oh, then so there's the finally the scene where so he's broken up with Mary Jane. Now he takes Gwen Stacy. Pizza time. He takes he takes he takes Gwen Stacy to the jazz club to be a dick bag to Mary Jane and rub some new girl into his old girl that just broke up with him because he's now full evil Peter. And then 
Now, this was over the top, and this bugged me. He goes up, he starts playing the piano, because as, and you told me, though, this is my fault for my ignorance. Symbiotes have a profound knowledge of jazz and piano playing, <laughs> so that's my bad. But, but then it's also bringing up, though, that Gwen Stacy is also, she's like a human in this movie, where once she realizes that Peter's being a cunt, she's like, she apologizes to Mary Jane and walks out. So, I also like, too, that they don't just make her, like, an asshole. Ledge. So it's Ursula and Gwen Stacy are the two most human people in this movie. Ultimately, I think one of the biggest things we want to just say here is that they could have cut 20 to 30 minutes out of this movie and it would have been fine. And I know we're just beating it down with too much Absolutely. content, but that was the worst part about this movie. And it's not in a way like it's, I just want to say like a thing with movies can work with excess. Like the Wolf of Wall Street had a three hour runtime and it worked everything with the movie yeah. This is not one of those cases. Some stories need need the time. Less is more. Oh, yeah. So then finally, so dramatic thing. Spider-Man takes off his Venom suit in a church. And I love this because this was right out of the comics. Is that the symbiote falls from a church bell down onto Eddie Brock, who's currently in the church. Yeah. And oh, then, scary. then he turns into Venom. Very spooky. Uh, One thing that keeps bugging me, and I chalk this up, I think... Think I uh, now I can again couldn't find confirmation in this, but I think this is Topher Grace's like being full of himself. He has a creepy venom mask and he pulls it back so many times, and for some reason they gave him a thing that fucks his teeth up. Well, I think it I think it really is just but like limiting that CGI that you need to use. I really like I like you know, I don't think that's fair to just be like, yeah, I wanted more FaceTime. I think it was just like really expensive and they wanted to do that. And maybe they thought their costuming was really cool because it like he had like yeah, like a, like a mouth thing in for like fake, like, ew, like creepy looking teeth. And then also at one point uh, near the end, because he doesn't turn into that right away. It's like, this is more like him at the end because it, it's changed his face, which is like, okay. But there's like this one, like, he pulls the mask back and he has the, the tooth thing in. And you can, like, Topher Gray is like, like props to him, I guess, because he got the words up, but you can tell, like, and he does, like, uh, he has an a decent performance but like you can tell it's like hard for him to talk like he's (laughs) and then and then there's also this one like strand of the symbiote that's like pulling his like you know it's and that's just like a prosthetic like it's just rubber like Mm from from the makeup department and they've made it so it's pulling up one of his eyebrows and it's all like "Ah," Mm. and it's just like i don't know (laughs) yeah it looks like really corny like it does like Venom is supposed to be really scary, like, honestly. You know who could have fixed that? Keeping his face CGI'd most of the time. <laughs> As... Or making, like, a realistic... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, they I, could, I... like, maybe overlay CGI. I don't know. See, it not... was only 2007. Who knows what I'm... I don't know what I'm fucking yeah, talking fair. about. Yeah, fair. We don't know the limitations. But I think that... I don't think the overlay mask... Because the whole thing... Venom has a really long, weird, like, spiky tooth mouth. Yeah. So it, 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 in my think opinion, it would only be able to be CGI and work, which is right. so. If they did pulling it back was to save money, then that might be why. But Probably. I, again, I Probably this movie still has those weird like floppy doll CGI moments that's, that are really sloppy and moments where they think they can get away with it. Mm. Um, and like yeah, there's quite a few moments like that where the CGI is just like, you know, they blew their budget trying to like make a lot of different character designs that had mm-hmm. cgi in it like the sandman oh, i guess and, they had a lot of cgi sand i forgot about like, that they just did. a lot and a lot of the like in the in the air fight scenes 
also, you know. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're again, a little the movie sloppy. Has, it really so the, its own excess is brought down in so many ways, and like it brought its own, but it's probably brought its own budget down and all these things. So it's kind of interesting and in how like that is uh, it kind of collapsed on itself. Yeah. Oh yeah. As a so three, we're getting close to the end here. But to bring into a uh, quick thing here, favorite scene in the movie when so Peter Parker's not J. Jonah Jameson seeing the whole Venom Sandman fight. Oh, sorry, because Venom teams up Sandman, Mary Jane's hostage and fight. Uh, oh, and then Harry finds out from oh, but then the thing happens with the butler that pisses me off so much. The but, right. Again, more manufactured drama from dumb Peter shit. Peter asks for his help. So Peter asks for his help, and Harry's like, no, you threw a grenade in my face after he threw it at Peter. Which is, I mean... Yeah. So, either way, then the butler's like, I can't do this anymore. Terry, I cleaned your father's room wound. There's no doubt he died by his own hand. <laughs> and he's like, why didn't you tell him that so long ago? You're just, like, letting him suffer. Because, again, like, he's, like, he's you're, he's becoming an alcoholic. He's becoming more enclosed. Like, you, he's not doing well, man. You see like, him losing his friends. And you see him, too, being, like, you see him planning to kill Spider-Man. Like, you couldn't have been, like, hey, um, it's not Spider-Man's fault, man. Like, if there's a, there, Norman wanted him not to know to protect him. There's a certain point where it was fucking him over more to know not know that his dad became an evil dude. Because yeah. he, he becomes an evil dude, too. So, there's a whole thing, though. He has a revolution. Redemption where he's go- arc. There's just, like, so much happening in the movie where you have, like, the full descent and then redemption arc. So, you know where this could have worked well? Cut Sandman out. Have Harry have his redemption arc where he helps him beat Venom because Venom is more powerful than Spider-Man. Yeah. That would have been perfect. And that's what happens because Sandman... So, Sandman gets grenaded and just gives up and goes away. He floats away. And so, Harry does come back to help Venom... F- or help Peter fight fight Venom. Kids, so during this whole thing, or this is my start back to my favorite thing though. So Jay Jonah Jameson gets extorted by a kid who's like 50 bucks for the camera. Then he's like, ah, gets it and takes it. Then she charges him extra for the film. Like, fucking kid's my hero. And great thing too, because he's an asshole through the whole thing. So to see that him kind of get owned like that, it's funny. I just love the ridiculousness of him standing there, kind of watching what's going down, and then all of a sudden just being like, Parker! He just we, starts yelling for Peter Parker, but it's like, why would you think he was there? Like, well, he also, he, he did, he did, he acknowledges right there in a second. He's like, oh, he's like, because he realizes what's happening, right? Like, he just, he, I think he mentions at some point in the movie how reflexive that is. Yeah. Or that's what he's used to yelling. Anyway, though, so yeah, so Venom dies from a grenade. Harry gets, Harry gets killed by his own glider. Um, I don't know, and it also, I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's the whole thing where his, they, him and his dad die, both die the same way, but his dad died trying to kill Spider-Man, and he did it trying to save Spider-Man. So, you know, it's like full circles, yeah. and they rhyme, and George Lucas would like it. It's kind of sad. I thought it was good, though. That would have been a great arc. That would have been fantastic. It was great. It was a redemption arc. It was good. Uh, and as a final detail, at Harry's funeral, I want to bring up, Flash Thompson's there, the sexy big dick guy from Master Mike. So they got him back for that <laughs> one scene in the end to be in that funeral, which I thought was a nice touch. Cool. So now that we've gone through all three movies, Gummy Bear, what do you think about the Sam Raimi trilogy overall? And I know we can keep this quick as a summary, but because again, I know we're both on the movies. I think we're divided on the third one, but I would we both agree the first I two mean, are the best and worth watching. I mean, like flaws in the third one aside, the trilogy as a whole um, has obviously gone down in history for being a legendary. <laughs> People still talk about it today. There's memes every day being made around it. It, it, you know, and it does the CGI shit, whatever it, you know, people still, still love it. And there's a reason for that. It was, it was pretty good. 
Yeah, and I guess I just want to end on saying that it's the thing I like most about this because again, some of these couple of these movies I haven't, I haven't seen in over a decade. So, excuse me. I just want to say that they've aged better than I thought they had, especially the first one. Yeah. Like, I was really worried about the first one, because I remember the first time I rewatched that, and that was, like, the last time it was over a decade ago, I was like, oh, the CGI is so bad. But now it's like, it's... It's not that bad. It's not as bad as I, as I thought it was. So, just perfect thing, and oh, there's more details I realized. So, yeah, kudos to Sam Raimi. Happy 20-year anniversary to the initial Spider-Man movies, and we'll never get anything that creative again from Disney. <laughs> it wasn't from Disney, that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we're done with that summary now. Oh, yeah, how many gummy bears would you give that trilogy? Because The Amazing is kind of its own thing, but on a rating system, how many gummy bears would you give a gummy bear? Um, like, definitely 9.5. Okay, on to the next one. <laughs> Pass us from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. And we're back for the speed round with. Okay, this is funny. We didn't even realize this, but for the Amazing Spider-Man in. Oh, could you quickly pull up what year it was? Sorry. So the first reboot attempt is Sony. I want to say 2012 because it was when the world was supposed to end, and instead we got Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. So it's pretty close. Oh. I'm kidding, but it wasn't like it wasn't bad. This one also had potential, but what I didn't realize is that you and I have five pages of notes of us shit talking this movie. So we're gonna this is gonna be a speed round. Okay, so um before we before we jump into it though, I just want to say that it was my first time seeing it, mm. and I feel like you were like like ripping it apart way more than than me maybe. Um, I you know, and I I guess so just initial thoughts of like I. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was that bad. Like I just I know people don't like it as much, but I just if we had been watching it without like trying to critique it for the purpose of doing this podcast, I probably would have just been like, it's just a popcorn movie. I don't know, not too memorable, but like not nothing that I like would be like fucking hate this movie. I oh, guess. so it's an average Marvel movie then. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. That's a popcorn movie, but again, for me, I just would rather spend that time playing. Or it'll do anything else, really. You can do both. I would like that's like a movie I would do something like hmm. play a video game while watching. Yeah, the it's still fun. So, I thought it was fun. I so guess. here's, I guess you know the thing. I think one of the things that bugs me the most though, and I think because I've always I've always said this one. So unfortunately, like I guess that I think Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was really good. It was better than Tobey Maguire at being spider, like cocky, shit talking Spider Man in yeah. costume. Yeah, because that's a cool thing. Because he's like he's a dorky dweeb, but he sh- he's like confident when he's like super powering and shit talking. And I think Tom Holland does a good balance of both. But what I really don't like in this movie, and this really hits home, this really hits hard again. Rewatching it is that it's like first off, people that look like Andrew Garfield don't get bullied. <laughs> uh, not when you're that fucking pretty, and I don't know. they don't really do a lot that's to make him so like make him like an outcast. They don't, you know what I mean? Like fucking Christ! In the start of the movie, some other kids getting beaten up, and then he just gets punched for standing up for that kid, and that's literally it. Like in the first, and again, not to go back to Raimi quickly, but. They established that everybody's a dickbag to Peter Parker. Like, he's a fucking outcast, and you feel for him off the bat. And it's, like, with him, he's just more like, a misunderstood scientist. 
is kind of the whole vibe <laughs> from it. Yeah, he was like super, super smart. And speaking of excess too, this movie also falls from like a bit of an excess thing, but for different reasons. Because we again speed around here, but it takes an hour to establish how he gets his powers. Uh, he gets his powers. Uncle Ben dies. He doesn't say great powers, great responsibility. He paraphrases it, <laughs> and it's worse. And it's you know what I mean. It takes way too long, and to even establish, and like ten minutes after that's when they finally like do first villain. Yeah, and it's. And so I think that, because so the whole thing with this movie and this first reboot they were doing, and I get what they were going for. They were going for, like, the story arcs where Peter's, Peter's parents were, like, mysterious scientists and they didn't die. They just, like, left him because they were doing dangerous science stuff. That's a cool arc. That was awesome that they wanted to do that. But in this movie, they end up wasting, like, t- about 20 minutes in the beginning of sneaky science, sneaky, <laughs> him being a sneaky science ninja breaking into Oscorp to find answers about his parents when he could just, like, email a dude and be like, you knew my father. What the fuck is up? Well, then he wouldn't have been bitten by the spider and then becoming Spider-Man, so... That's true, but they wasted so much time in there, yeah. too, because, like, Gwen Stacy is working there for some reason now, because Gwen Stacy was supposed to be the love interest for this series... Which uh, is fine. They start up. I was. I didn't ever think of that. But again, like, why is she a scientist at Oscorp? It was just so much wasted time. <laughs> so much wasted time. Um, but then they have a cool setup with Kurt Connors for the lizard, which I was looking forward to until my nitpicks. Aww. So, oh yeah, I have the ooh mystery science box from Peter's dad, as that's what sends him on his hero's journey. Uh, he is cool. He Pete wears contacts. Oh, you pointed out that the music was overly mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny Elfman did not do the music for this movie, I think. Or maybe we'll double check that. I swear. I, it might be, but it was I don't think so. It didn't really sound like his style. Um, to bring it up, too, because, like, for the, again, the first Raimi Spider-Man music is actually iconic. A lot. Some Most people recognize the song when you hear it. I don't think that's the same thing for Amazing Spider-Man. No, James Horner. Hmm, interesting. And it's not that the music was bad, it was just like, you know... Oh, I don't think it was bad, it just wasn't really memorable. It was, um... Just over the top for some moments, and that might not even be the composer's fault, so... Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. LOL. Ominous Black File. Because all of... All ominous, evil things are always in Black Files. Because they're so evil. (laughs) In Black (laughs) Files. Uh... Oh, what the fuck is up with the spider room? Because... Oh, that was, that was weird. So again, Raimi Spider-Man was clear and concise. This one was like, there's a crap ton of spiders in a giant circle. spinning around and in their, around. In a circle, an automatic thing, and then the web starts pulling them up, and they start falling down, and then they fall on him. So and then they disappear. And it's like a weird thing, too, though, because, like, what if somebody steps on them? Like, what the hell? Why are they just out roaming this room? It makes are... no sense. In the, first, in the first one, they were like, oh, they're in cages, and one just happened just, to get it out. It was just trying to be really cool, like, visually. Yeah. And I guess I want to say, like, I think the entire movie is like, ooh, science. Yeah. <laughs> is if one thing. when And then when he discovers his powers, and I think, yeah, it's like just kind of all slapsticky and weird, and you know, he spends like 10 minutes skateboarding with them, too. Again, wasted time. This excessive time of doing school, the cool skateboard skateboarding. Thing, that was weird. That was an interesting ad. It didn't have to be ten minutes. They could have they could have cut like compartmentalized some of that shit. I, I didn't mind saying oh, yeah, that. This also, goes to the wasted time at the beginning. This movie has a lot of parkour. Lots of parkour. So much parkour. Even the bad guys, even the street thugs, no parkour in this Everyone's movie. Just Everybody just parkour, parkour for the entire movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and he has like again, like a scene and a half of just like figuring out his powers, and it's all slapstick, and eh, just wasn't a fan of it. Meh. 
Uh, Peter, oh, he scores, he, so he's being a dick, then he kind of, he stands up to his bully with Flash, does the dick bag, but then he scores a basket by traveling, without dribbling, so that's an illegal <laughs> score, and he shoulder checks Flash, also that's an illegal move in basketball, so I don't know why that was so impressive, because he broke two serious rules. Uh, although I did like, and while I'm not the biggest fan of Martin Sheen as Ben Affleck, I did like that he embarrassed, I like that he embarrassed Peter in front of Gwen Stacy, I thought that was funny. You, uh... Did you realize what you just said? Oh, shit. I just said Martin Sheen has Ben Affleck. <laughs> I meant to say Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben Affleck. Uncle Ben Affleck. Sorry. <laughs> so, I, well, I wasn't, the biggest fan of Mar- I wasn't the biggest fan of Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben Affleck. <laughs> but I did like that he has this, like, quick thing where, because after Pete's in trouble, he embarrasses them. And he's like, oh, that's a girl. You like to have you, in your, you up on your computer screen at home, right? Don't worry. I'm his parole officer. Like, it's really fucking, I just thought that was great. <laughs> Sorry, next note, hardcore parkour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was also kind of thinking that, like, so, oh, yeah, so Pete goes in, he meets Kirk Connor. There's, like, kind of a setup for, like, what could be the villain, but that also takes way too long to kind of plan pan out. And Pete helps Kurt Connor finish his algorithm. So you could go for there's kind of a thing like, oh, he created the lizard. But I also strike it as like, a, oh, well, it's lucky he was there to finish the algorithm. Otherwise, Kurt Connor would be fucked right now. <laughs> so that was convenient. Sorry. Cannot stress. In- oh, yeah. Then what, what do you think about, um, was it Sally May as fucking Susie May? Who was Aunt May? Sally Fields. Sally Fields. Thank you. Sorry. I knew there was a field in there somewhere. What do you think about Sally Fields as Aunt May? I liked her. Yeah, she was okay. Like, I again, I didn't... I'm not, it's not even about the age thing, like, where previous Aunt May was an old lady. I just like that she was, like, a strong Catholic woman that had, like, these cool moments of her just, like, slapping Norman Osborn's hand or slapping... Oh, I guess... Oh, she hits two villains, now that I think about it. Yeah. She hits Doc Hawk with the umbrella, and she slaps Norman Osborn's hand at Thanksgiving. Oh. So, Aunt May will just slap a villain. Sorry, I just... I don't want to go back again, but I just... I forgot to say it earlier. Um, I saw this meme that, that was, like, um... So... The, the argument of, of uh, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> Spider-Man 1 is a Thanksgiving movie. Fair. <laughs> I, I, I accept that logic. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was thinking about how funny it was. So then Peter, so, okay, so another setup for, like, Uncle Ben dying in the streets. I think it was a bit more, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, I think there was... I don't know. I think the Raimi one did it better, just establishing the connection between Peter. They have the fight before the end, so it's really sad. He has, like, a direct hand in letting the guy go, where this was... He was outside of... I don't know, it was kind of a weird... Th- I'm not as big of a fan as, like, the, the Andrew Garfield setup for it, too. Mm-hmm. As, like, the guy just shorts him two cents. Like, he lets the guy get away over two cents. Like, you want to say Pete, Toby McGuire's That's a dickbag? That's extra for, pity, pity. Yeah, you yeah. want to say that the guy... Yeah, so the guy was... The, the chocolate keeper was being a pedantic dick over two cents and not letting Andrew Garfield buy some chocolate milk. And then... Yeah, so again, so I, like, I don't know. I just I always just I thought the whole thing was a bit sloppier. But then he goes like on a manhunt for the dude. And yeah. this is where we find out that every thug in New York knows parkour as well because they like meet him oh on the rooftop. God. He's like chasing a guy down and then like somehow this dude gets ahead of him and he's like on the other rooftop. Like it's what even, like, what's <laughs> yeah, even happening? Again, they, they just, just parkoured their way up. Parkoured their way up there. Everyone can parkour. 
for some reason, oh, what was, uh, sorry, I, we have a note here, but I don't remember why we wrote it down. But is there a thing where he makes a shit ton of mess and leaves like the waitress to clean it up? Who? Oh, n- never mind. Oh, because he's fucking around. With, he's fucking around with the web and trying to figure out what to do with it. Because so in this one, he does create his own web. And actually, I'm still gonna nitpick this because again, he orders it from bulk from Oscorp. So I'm like, they'll have shipping records, man. Like the fuck. Also, he couldn't afford two cents. So how did he get it? Actually, that's a good point too. So I was like, again, he's, he's supposed to be poor. He's but manufacturing think, it, but he always. To. But I think maybe he just like he does. He's also working with um, Dr. Connors at Oscorp, so maybe he just like copied the recipe because he's really really smart and he maybe has access to that information. It could have, but they, didn't they really... don't establish that or how he gets it though. So it's, it is a little bit. Um, it's a little bit of a gap there. I think there's a scene of him Googling it, though. I think he Googles it, then NXT comes in the mail. No, like, that's how he gets... I don't know. Either way, don't worry about it. Just, it, maybe. I'm, like I said, I'm being, I'm being a pedantic dick. Uh, I don't remember that detail, so I'm not No, sure. and I had to cut some there, too. But yeah, like I said, 54 minutes just to get the Spider-Man costume on and become Spider-Man. And somehow, it took longer, and it felt rushed. I don't know how that's physically possible, but the Amazing Spider-Man did it in 54 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was strange. Oh yeah, and just again, second note, good thing that both Tobey Maguire and Andrew G had a second major in fashion and clothing design. Yeah. Both modifying spandex <laughs> costumes and running it well. Uh, again, Andrew Garfield, though, better at making cocky Spider-Man quips. Every, almost every single one made me laugh out loud. He's good at that yeah, shit talking. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, then there's like a thing too where like Gwen Stacy and him all of a sudden become friends, even though there's no real... Again, it feels like there's a scene missing where they yeah, become just, friends. Yeah, it just feels like there's a scene missing. It's she's like, all of a sudden being what, super... just because he snuck into her workplace? Like, it's like, okay... And um... she got mad at him too because he strayed away from the group and she's like, blah, this could fuck my job up. Like, so it's... Yeah. There was like a missing scene But then in all there. of a sudden they're just like, she's like super into him. And he's like, uncle died, so if you want to say that, yeah, people are sympathetic then, but it really, she's like being a friend. Like, it was yeah, very... Something know. was missing there. Yeah. Just you know, they, deleted scenes somewhere. Well, because they had to have those skateboarding shots in. <laughs> uh, again, less build up with. I think there was less build up with the lizard turning. What do you think about that though? Because like I think that the Norman stuff was very like he felt the pressure of him. He was going to lose his company. He was drastic. He had to test the chemical on himself. This has a similar thing where yes, he, he tests it on himself because he's like worried that the guy's going to go uh, do an untested he got, he chemical basically on. Basically, gets on... fired. And they they shut down his project, and he's like, no, but I want to do the human trials. And then they're basically, and then he's like pressured. His boss is like, you're fired. We're gonna do it um, on you're war never, veterans. You're never ever gonna get. You're you're never ever gonna go clear at your desk. You're never gonna get a new arm. Like haha, like just to rub it in his face a little bit. So then he just he panics, and that's why he injects himself. So I I didn't like I don't okay, know I felt like that was a, like that's a fair argument. Um. We didn't spend too much time with the character because there's this introduction and then then there's Peter talking to him about, hey, hey, what happened to my parents? You used to work with my parents and he doesn't really like it's not ne- they never answer like um, what he actually knows about it because when he is getting fired, his boss mentions like you're hanging out with Peter Parker and like, you know, like don't pretend you don't fucking know what happened to them. And then he's like, he, he looks like he feels guilty. Um, but they never answer that. They never answer that question of what he really knows. Do they? Um, not really, but it's a fair point though to you saying is that that's a good idea though, where that imagine if they just, they did wasted less of these shots and Andrew Garfield being cool and these like weird shit where 
have him building a relationship with Kirk Connors because they're friends. That's like they, a, that's a noteworthy relationship. There is like they a could... little bit of a montage, I think, kind of like a little bit vibe uh, where again. they're doing they're doing stuff together, and then he's doing Spider Man stuff, and then like mm. for a minute, but okay, it's just fair. not it's just not really like well. Um, they they could have spent a little bit more time. Um, developing that, and then the relationship comes into play like. The little bit that they do show us of them building the relationship comes into play later. And I guess we'll get there. Well, all I remember is that he makes the he solves the formula and that's it. Just like, yo, I solves the formula. Oh, thanks, Peter. And then that's kind of then they're friends. No, there's a few other things. Um, and then and then that's why when Peter realizes what's going like something he has a realization about what's happening with the lizard but doesn't realize that dr connor is a lizard mm. and then goes to him and is like oh blah 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 this something fair. something and then you know okay that's he's like point. Mm, i'm the lizard actually <laughs> bringing up a thing though is again this going to andrew garfield being terrible playing a shy dorky guy is he thinks like fumbling his words is the same thing as being a shy awkward guy yeah, he doesn't seem awkward at all. At all. Other than, um, he just has he bumbles his words. Well, I'll get we'll, we'll maybe get there later on. <laughs> uh, but then also in a thing, so it's a stupid joke here, but like his so Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man mask seems to have Crisco on the inside because it slips off very easily and regularly through oh this entire God, goddamn this movie. This does not want to keep his identity secret. It's basically, like, hey Gwen Stacy, do you want to know my secret identity? <laughs> It was giving very much Death Note, Netflix Death Note vibes. And I, maybe, okay, if you want to go devil's advocate, you can make the argument that, oh, he's like, he's not, he's not, he's not understanding the weight of his power yet and blah, blah, blah. But that's all you could say for it. Obviously he didn't. But that's kind of stupid though, because the whole point of the Ben death is what makes him understand the seriousness of that. Right. So it's kind of, and I, it retcons it in the end with him with the whole promise thing. Cause and we'll get, again, cause you can say at the very end, he learns that lesson but don't forget, the promises that you can break are the best ones, right? Oh my god! So that's what I'm saying. So, you, you, that so that's what I'm saying. If you make that argument, <laughs> if you make the argument saying that he's learning a responsibility of keeping his mask on, well, the best the best promises are the ones that you break. Apparently, according to Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. We need to make the note though. We both agree that the spider sense is better done in this thing because it's like an actual. It looks like a quick, like a five, a two second acid trip. That's like what the fuck. And we thought that was more visceral. No, no, sorry, no, sorry. The so in Peter, sorry, Sam Raimi one was like a two second acid trip. This one is actually like a tingle, like a yeah. So we thought that was better. I both, yeah, sorry, that's what the difference was, and we both liked that. Uh, I thought the tingle was like more subtle and cool, and that's like that's more in line with the comics. So well, I mean, comics having that like more like of like a woo like visual moment makes more sense. Mm -hmm. With the movie, you don't want to like keep distracting by having that going on over and over again. But they had it going on over and over again, whereas the it's. It's not like they did it in the Raimi one, like they did it one time. It was like most in the first you do couple like of movies. A warble, like something that's a little bit more subtle to, to show you what's happening mm-hmm. after the first establishing, yeah. I guess, acid trip moment. It makes more sense to do that in a movie where it's not interrupting the flow of shit. I want to bring this up for the Lizard reveal, though, because this actually was. This note, I noticed this big time the first time I watched this movie, and it bugged me then, too. And this was. This bugged me, too. So. Okay, so I just want to compare firstly to... Sorry, go back to Raimi movies. Green Goblin Establishment. <laughs> we can't help it. First, well, that's why... They're both origin movies, so that's <laughs> yeah. why it's very important. And this is why, again, the first one I think is superior in how they had this build-up. Yeah. So, first thing, the Green Goblin, you have the alluding that like Norman Osborn becomes the Green Goblin. But the first thing, you don't even see him. What you see is his enemy gets bombed by a mysterious missile, and you hear the, ah, ha, 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 and that's it. 
Then the first actual shot, you see the Green Goblin, you see him fly in on the parade, and then it's kind of like you see him a bit from behind. And then he's like, hello, guys, and blows people up with a bomb <laughs> that leaves skeletons that turn to dust after. That's, yeah, that was horrifying. Exactly. So it's kind of like, yeah, you see him from a distance, but he comes in for a close-up, and you see him like, ugh, and you see the right. full thing. It was really fucking good. Well, that's because it was actually like probably like an actual suit as opposed to CGI. So here's what bugs me with the lizard reveal, though. So yeah, sorry, your first shot of the lizard is like overhead on a dark bridge. And you can argue that, okay, maybe from a distance, there'll be a point where Spider-Man sees him up close. But then he sees him up close on a dark bridge. And there's not good lighting, and maybe that was because of CGI budget restrictions. But it just, it's not very clear. Like, you want to see the menacing villain. Like, especially in the very first scene. I'm not, like, I'm not even talking about all the entire movie. But the very first scene of your villain should establish that, like what he is and what you're up against right you don't see him in full light until the school scene yeah because the very next scene you see him with and this is actually very fucking stupid after this but so peter tracks lizard the lizard into the sewers and then he sets his camera up to take pictures of it and he has his name on his fucking camera Yeah, because he clearly doesn't get the identity thing yet (laughs) and again he's like but he's supposed to be fucking smart man and he's like in these weird random lizard villain and actually want to go bit i like i want to be nitpicky about the design of the lizard too two things i didn't like i thought they made his face look too humanoid because they should have made him more snout like and make him look look more like the have the snout lizard but he also barely wears his lab coat and that's actually an important thing for the character though it doesn't happen until the end well, again, he, no, then he gets shot full of holes, and then he rips it off. Yeah. So, but it, here's why the lab coat... So they were just did a brief homage, basically, is what they did. But here's why the lab coat's important, though. That's actually important for the character, because the yeah. whole duality with the lizard is that he's a human, but he comes a, becomes a feral lizard with the intelligence of the super scientist. Yeah, I agree with you. So that actually... and I feel like the lab coat is closer to be like... that. That's a thing, important thing for the character. The snout thing is a design bitch I have yeah. and I, that I that's fine if nobody agrees with me on that one that's fair yeah but again he just he does not respect the secret identity and that's or, and that's kind of the most I think obnoxious thing with Andrew Garfield in this movie uh Emma Stone can pull off bangs not oh hell yeah not every woman she can, can do that pull off like every single hair color too like yeah. the blonde that like that Gwen Stacy blonde looks really good on her and then like she the the bangs just like yeah, no, Emma Stone, she's she's good. Pulls it off. Stuff. It's great. She's she's a gem as well. Oh yeah, but then we actually did like the not so subtle interrogation between Pete, Peter and Connors in the lab when Connors you see the scales and like that <laughs> he just like he but Peter's like a genius. He doesn't get it. Like he, like Connors is being so like weird. Like oh really? oh by the way I have by the way I have my hand back too. My hand is grown back. It's like. I don't know. Well, that was the whole thing, too, because his head is back. Because the whole... Like, oh. just, he just keeps giving the lizard more information. <laughs> Sorry, this is a big thing we should have left in the beginning, though, is an important thing with Kirk Connors. So, yeah, he's missing... I'm not sure if we mentioned that he's missing his hand, so the whole regrowing his, li- hand, his arm... Half his a, arm. With lizard it's DNA. cut off with the elbow, basically. Yeah, so that the whole, his whole character thing is he wants to grow his arm back so he can feel complete again, but then the only way to do that is with his lizard, lizard formula and so on. But then when he becomes a lizard, every time he wants to turn humanity into lizards as a recurring villain choice with him. And I'm okay with that. Like, I originally thought that was dumb, but like that is a regular thing in the comics. And I think that's actually maybe if I could say my biggest bitch about this movie, aside from the excess, is that they should either pick the lane of cartoony comic shtick or serious science mystery box movie. They tried to do both, and I think it wasted time as well, maybe. Yeah. Um... I just want to point out too, lol, reptile mouse. 
Right, Fred. <laughs> yeah, Fred the reptile mouse, who's like devoured, turned in half reptile, half mouse, and eaten his other compatriot. <laughs> uh, Dennis Larry makes a great Godzilla joke, because Peter's like, there's a lizard running around, and he's like, I don't got time for this, go to Tokyo. or yeah. I'm not the, what do I look like, the mayor of Tokyo, or something like that? Something like that. It was just it was Dennis, Dennis Larry's grizzled, grizzled cop, Gwen Stacy's dad. I, I thought he was good in the role, I thought it was like Gwen Stacy's yeah. dad. I liked him as, I liked him in that. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, though, because I always thought... I thought he was, like, a comedian or something. I think it was the first movie I've seen him in. But... Oh, yeah, then, again, too, I want to say the... Some characteristics of the lizard that were on point, though, where, like, he's addicted to his own serum, and his lab is in the sewers. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So, and that was... That's, like, that's on brand for him, so that was kind of cool. Sorry, we just have so many more complaints about the whole fast and loose <laughs> the camera and the identity thing. That was that really pissed us off when we watched this. Yeah. <laughs> it was how bad that was. So finally, so yeah, he figures out his identity, attacks him in the school, and this is the first scene you see the lizard in broad daylight. So you get a good, clear visual of him. And this has the best Stanley cameo, in my opinion. While the other ones were like quick blinks, this one is fucking hilarious because I like the visual of it. So the lizard and Spider-Man are fighting in the library. Stanley's oh, yeah, listening yeah. to music and completely oblivious. And there's just like this great, it's a great visual t- t- 10 seconds happening in the background where they fight. And like a table flies toward him and Spider-Man catches it, wings it back. He never even realizes anything's happening. Yeah, and that's like a good example of like where they could have cheaped out in the CGI, but that entire set, like that quick set piece looked fucking amazing. Yeah. But obviously this movie is in 2012, so the CGI was, like, cheaper by then. Yeah. And for stuff like that. And they, this movie probably had a bigger budget, because they were like, oh, we're rebooting Spider-Man. We'll right. make a fuck ton of money on this. It's a huge investment. Oh, yeah, so again, I also... So I blame Andrew Garfield taking his mask off multiple times on, again, actor ego, wanting to show his own face, but we usually disagree on that, Maybe. so we have to leave that as it is. And again, going... Like, it's the... Jek- There's a good Jekyll and Hyde thing going on with him and again i realize it's a bit of the same as norman osborne but it is kind of it's it's a good it's a good evil dynamic for a reason right like there's yeah it's a good it's a good villain dynamic i guess why it lays so hard to the villains of these movies though is a quick bringing up thing as a side note but most the most heroes are only as interesting as their villains right like you can argue that the joker yeah. has a bigger fan base than batman because of oh my God. like as a as a because of how, what he's like as a villain right like everyone loves fucking villains and this is actually implemented a good theory on this for saying that writers i think writers have said that or maybe they've said this too that they get to have more fun with villains because they don't have to worry about making the villain likable so they can have more fun with like what they do with them and make them do <laughs> one of my favorite i might want i might want to cut this out. one of my favorite jokes it's like look you're not the listen you're not the joker you're a depressed 28 year old man with a porn addiction <laughs> That could also apply for saying, like, you're not Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> right, no, exactly, yeah. That, that whole anti that well, I guess the Joker's not anti-hero, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that you, think that you're, you think you're a tortured soul, and you're just like, no, you're an average dude, that kind of sucks. You miss the point by idolizing them. Uh, okay. <laughs> but that being said, they can still, they're cool villains, and that's, like, that's a villain. Yeah, no, Vill- and Villains no, are it, very important. A very interesting, yeah, no, it's just... The Joker thing is mostly just like a recent thing. Mm. I don't think that was a problem with like the '90s, like animated Batman series. Well, I think Hamill. Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger. It was he really did he propel fucking that propel into, that shit into oblivion. It'll never. We're never going back now. <laughs> no, but like R.I.P. Heath Ledger. That was like that made me so sad because God, he was so amazing. He was so talented. 
It was. Like, God, he was, and he died so young. It was like, oh my God, he was such a talented actor. Fucking shit. Sorry. Heath, man. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. Um, Oh, this is a weird thing I didn't get. So, you know the whole buildup where the lizard has his detonation device on top of the thing, he's going to disperse his lizard okay, gas to turn we the city to lizards. The, we forgot about their invention. Yeah, so, oh god, okay, well they have this vaccine. Oh, right, so this is, oh, it's this is only for the hilarious. good of mankind, right? So, well, they bring this up in the very beginning, so you could argue it's a good setup and payoff, but it's also, like, a very obvious, this is our very obvious villain device. Yeah. So, Kurt Connors is like, oh, this thing, theoretically, you could disperse a vaccine through an entire city block and cure polio in an afternoon. But it could, it could also be used for evil. And I guess my first thought was like, dude, the first thing that would be invented for is a fucking weapon. Like, the vaccine would be like, it'd be a weapon first. And like, after, oh, hey, we could also do this with it. <laughs> like, Wait, well, then, yeah. So then they, but it, it was uh, invented for good, right? Mm-hmm. But then they programmed it to say it's going to detonate. Well, I actually want to go for a second here to a good, a better setup for that in a different movie. Detonation will happen in 10 minutes. Batman Begins, and we'll get into that joke in a second, but Batman Begins, they have a similar thing about the, oh, hey, this is a bullshit device, but it is specifically used as a weapon in the beginning, but it's like, oh, it's a failed project. It was designed as a weapon, but it was a failed project. Um, I don't remember what you're referring So to. in Batman Begins, they have like this vapor device when Bruce is going through um, whatever his company's name is. I don't remember his last name. Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, they have like a they have, they're going through his old weapons, and Morgan Freeman is like hooking them up with different shit. Yeah, and he's like, oh, what's this big box thing? He's like, oh, it's this thing used to turn water into vapor. It was meant to be used for desert, desert warfare, but it's not useful. And that ends oh. up being the thing they use the the villain Scarecrow uses at the end to or Raz Al Ghul to do uh, to do the evil thing. So I just think that that was. My point, though, is that it's fun. while it's funny, I just think it's very naive of Kurt Connors, a very smart man, to be like, this is going to be used for good first. <laughs> Fuck it. But they won't let us use it. Do you know what humans... Okay, you know what why humans did you are, program man? it to say detonate instead of deploy medicine? Okay, well, that's a funny thing, too. So speaking of that, he spent, I think he spends too much time with lizards, but and not humans. But yeah, so when it's going off, it keeps saying, like, five, ten seconds to detonate, nine, and you're like, yeah, why well, would it say detonate if it's deploying vaccine? Detonate that sounds so sounds- scary I'm gonna detonate well you have to do that for the coronavirus vaccine imagine oh fuck imagine if they'd done that with this one <laughs> it's like we'll de- detonate we're gonna get cro- we'll detonate mRNA vaccine our movie episode is gonna get flagged it's a, just for making a joke fuck that shit oh, I mean oh, whatever. it didn't flag it for just using the word we'll but. see we'll see I wonder if it, we'll see let's see if it flags for a joke that'll be the next test if it flags <laughs> it just for joking about it so <laughs> they were okay I I feel like they were trying to do the citizen support thing from Spider-Man 1 and 2, but I feel like it was poorly executed. So in this one, there's a whole thing where Spider-Man has to get to the Oscorp building in the nick of time to stop the lizard gas from being deployed. So the crane operators are all like, guys, we're going to make a clear path for Spider-Man by making the cranes across the city. But there's like a straight line of buildings there. Isn't that what he normally swings off of? That was just kind of like a, how much did that help him? Maybe slightly? So going back to the Raimi movies... There's much more of an emphasis of shit that Spider-Man couldn't have possibly done himself. I, that, I guess that's just like them, like showing their way of showing like how they have Spider-Man's back, have how they like rallied together. They weren't even working; they're like, get everyone together, let's do this. But let's go into this quickly. That was the thing, though. So first off, okay, so Green Goblin's about to kill Spider-Man, and people throw shit at him, throw him off, completely save Spider-Man's life. In the second movie, Aka's about to stab Spider-Man. May saves his life as a citizen by smacking him in the head. 
then people, his mask is off, and people are promised in second movie too. People, his mask is off. People, the citizens promise not to tell a secret and be like, "We have your back." And they're like, "You have to go through me if you want to, Octopus." And obviously, he's Octopus, so he's like, "Blah." <laughs> but they're going against a superhuman and risking their lives to protect a hero. Mm. So you again. So that's why I'm saying that. I just think I know. I think that they were trying to go for that, but I think it was just weak. It, was, it was wasn't poorly executed. It was poorly executed. And I'm not trying to be like overly critical because I know what they were going for. It just wasn't a good execution, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Sally Fields finally got her eggs at the end of the movie, and that made that made you emotional, <laughs> Tommy Bear. If you want to figure that out, watch the movie yourself. <laughs> but the eggs are important. The eggs are so cute. Uh, so at the top of the building, uh, oh yeah, sorry, lizard fight at the top of the building. Kurt Connors ends up saving Peter's life with his regrown hand. So a nice little detail there. Uh, Dennis Leary dies from lizard attack, and then he makes Peter promise. He's like, "Promise to keep Gwen out of your stuff," and he's like, "I promise, I'll do that." So he does that. So how he stays out of Gwen's business is by not going to her dad's funeral at all, or supporting her, or talking to her after her dad dies, because he has to keep her out. <laughs> so he has to not say anything to her after her dad dies. And she he, has to do all the emotional labor of guessing what the fuck. Can't even be a friend. Well, well, Emma Emma Stone is Emma standing. Stone. Emma Stone is standing there in CGI rain. <laughs> Sad there, better dad. Uh, you know what? You know what? We forgot. I don't know. I thought I thought you wrote it down. I thought I saw you write it down, um, but maybe you just skipped over it. Um, so before we end, um, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man has the best Spider Man ass. I think I did write that down. Why do we? Miss yeah, that, that? would have been earlier. That would have been way earlier. That you I wrote did that down. write that down because I... it's that one scene where it's just like all of a sudden it's like. Holy shit, badonka donk. You're right. No, and I, I did. I do remember writing that down. I sorry, but we, <laughs> we like I said, we, we had like it. five pages of notes I know. of this movie because okay. there is so, so much. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it because like it's super important to mention that. <laughs> no, it's fair. I think that he has cap. Like Chris Evans has America's ass, and Spider Man has New York's ass. <laughs> Andrew Garfield has New only, York's only, ass. Only, only Andrew Garfield was like stood out to me. Yeah, well, Tom, Tom Holland's a child, so that'd be. I can't. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's, he's a child. He's a child. And Tobey Maguire is he's good looking, but he, he's not like a snack. Andrew Garfield's a snack. Yeah, yeah. But that's also why I think he wouldn't really get bullied. <laughs> so, oh yeah, sorry. But then, yeah, then Gwen, yeah. And as you said, doing her having to do all the emotional lifting, she figures out, she's like, your dad made, or my dad made you promise, didn't he? So you're right. She has to do all the work. <laughs> she makes it. She and he has, doesn't even say anything. He's just like. Stares at her in the CGI rain. Doesn't even say sorry your dad died. Does no- nothing. What a dick. The kids go back to school. Flash Thompson, Peter's bully, and Peter are friends now. Or friends for some reason. Yeah, that's fine. And no, that bugs me actually. So I got here's, it. I don't here's know why. what you buy. Like I, there's something like in there in the few scenes that like I kind of understood that, and I like. I you clearly are bothered by it. And maybe I they also do. can't explain very well right now, like what that was, and so it'll take too much time. So here's why. And again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, everything had to be exactly I like didn't comics. Have a problem with that. But here's why I like how they do it, how it's consistently done in the comics and what they do in the new movies. Because here's what's funny about it. So Flash Thompson is Peter Parker's regular bully throughout high school. Like yeah. I don't think they don't get past it until they're adults. But what becomes fucking funny about it is that Flash Thompson becomes a huge Spider-Man fan. So he still bullies Spider-Man yeah. while being a huge Spider-Man fan. 
And it's just a funny joke. And again, they, yeah. they once they're adults, they have a, they re, they have a resolution. But while they're in high school, it's it's like part of the fucking joke. And I'm not trying to be like again. I'm, I'm probably being nitpicky about that, but I love that joke. So I just don't like that they they're like oh they're friends. Fair enough. They could have been friends in their twenties if they had managed to get the sequel land. Yeah, I thought it was good. Okay. Uh, Mark Webb directed this one. It this <laughs> one definitely didn't feel like. And again, credit to the Sam Raimi ones. Even three. They felt like Sam Raimi movies, even though the third one felt like it had been fucked with by the studio. They feel like Sam Raimi movies where Mark Webb, yeah, check it out what else he's done, but it, I didn't feel like it had a style. It didn't mm. like, you know, where you'd be like, yeah, just like, you're like, oh, that's definitely a Mark Webb movie. I, I think they got it. I think they picked him for this role because his name had Webb in it. Oh yeah, but we have to. <laughs> If that was the only reason, but yeah. Yeah, I think that, well, maybe not, but the movie, I think, the, overall, I think The the Amazing Spider-Man 2012 was made by Hollywood Think Tank, not made by a person. But we have to get to the best line. He's directed music videos, like, a lot. Interesting. Like, a lot more music videos than he's directed um, movies. I would love to direct music videos as a job. He's also directed um, at least one episode of The Office. I mean, only a few movies. Um, Spider-Man movies. Uh, Snow White, which is coming out next year, so that's not even... With the new Snow White. Not apparently like... he's directing a new Snow White that's coming out next year, because it's on this list. Huh. A movie never heard of, a movie never heard of, and 500 Days of Summer he also directed. I heard that was so a... So he's done a little bit of TV, including one episode of The Office, but he's mostly done a shitload of music videos, so that's interesting. And 500 Days of Summer was like an indie movie, so he's kind of like an indie director that they gave like he's, this big budget movie, I mean, movie I guess, to. Yeah. So maybe it'd be accurate to say like he hasn't really developed the stuff. He hasn't his, had like, like experience, a, maybe a little bit, maybe yeah. a little bit um, above him, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying I'm I couldn't not, direct I'm not, a movie, so well, I'm not hey, trying you know to say what? I'm sure Mark Webb did a better job than I would have. I'm not trying <laughs> to say that like as a hard criticism either. Yeah. I just mean that you have certain directors where like, you know their this, style. Like, like, like okay, movies. So guys, Television. Look, you can cut this out. Yeah, no, I'm seeing so many a very music. long thing of music videos. I guess what I'm saying, though, is like, so you know, if you're watching a Michael Bay movie, you know there's going to be lots of, <laughs> like, muscles. Explosions and, and reused and, scenes. And derogatory st- or standards for women. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, unfortunately for that. But then, you know, you're going to watch a Steven Spielberg movie. You know it's going to have an infinite budget and have amazing visuals. <laughs> you know, if it's made by Stanley Kubrick, it's made by someone who has OCD. <laughs> and um, I actually don't know if that's true, but I, it's, he, I hear he's very anal on set. So I was like, uh, he, might have a, he might have a compulsion <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> but sorry, going back to the final, the worst, sorry. Going back to the worst line of this entire movie. So after the whole thing about being a dickbag to Emma Stone and ghosting her at the funeral because he has to li- he has to respect Dennis Leary's promise to leave her out of it. Okay, he's going to respect her promise. Goes into the classroom late for class and then he's like, sorry, I'm late, teacher. And she's like, I'm promised I won't do it again. She's like, blah, 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 don't make promises you can't keep. And then he's like standing behind Emma Stone. He's like, yeah, but those are the best kind. Oh, and she smiles, and I'm like, so you're just going to disregard your promise to him. So, like, what's the point of any of that shit? I mean, I haven't... What the fuck? I haven't seen the second movie, but I do know some things about it. And I have seen, like, maybe, like, a couple scenes here and there. And so, like, as soon as I'm wa- I'm watching the first one, and as soon as Den- he's, like, promising to the di- to Gwen's um, dying father that, yeah, I won't get hurt. Like, he's basically 
um, he's the one who teaches, like, he's the one who's trying to give Peter the lesson of, you need to hide your identity because you're going to put people in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, like, that's when it's, like, finally, like, oh, okay, and I assume he does that in the second movie, I don't know, but I do know that what happens, and it's like, well, you, you, but you didn't, did you, motherfucker? <laughs> do you know, do you know about the web hands? The web, the web hand? The, I'm not sure. No, I don't we'll wait. That. Save that for the Amazing Spider-Man Two. What's I'll leave us or anyone save that for know. next time. Yeah. The web hand, though. The web hand. I is, don't know about the web hand. The web hand is the best part about that movie. <laughs> I can't wait. The web hand. Oh my god. What so do you? I, oh my god. Okay, so either way, uh, so yeah, we'll get to those. You're gonna new, have to tell me after. We'll get to the Spider-Man movies in uh next. We'll get to those other Spider-Man movies um as soon as we can. But at the end of the, so would you, so yeah, would you actually recommend watching The Amazing Spider-Man? How many gummy bears would you give to that one? Five. Six, mm. maybe. Mm. Okay. Six gummy bears. Um, like, I wouldn't be like, hey, like, go watch this movie. But, like, I, I guess, I mean, I, I might recommend it to someone who, like, like me, I would recommend it to myself, like, to my past self, because I just always heard, like, oh, it's not that great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, then I don't want to waste my time. But it's like, but now, but now that the new one has come out, a lot of people, a lot more people are talking about it. There seems to be a lot more like, um, nostalgic love for it that I, that like you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago. Cause it is, it's also the 10, almost the 10 year anniversary, I guess. Oh, it's a 10 year anniversary. Yeah, so oh my God. Didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh no, I just, I just realized that right now Dude, um, for that one. And I, I, you know, I probably would have just, you know, I probably would have, uh, I'd probably recommended someone like myself who has the opinion of like, oh, don't waste your time watching it. Like, um, it's not like, it's not that, it's not that bad. Just, just throw it on. Like, you know, maybe don't in like be like super invested, mm-hmm. but like, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It doesn't besmirch the name of Spider-Man, you know, like. I wouldn't say that. Like, I'm, I wouldn't even say my distaste for it is I li- that much. I like, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I think I would have enjoyed it. And I do think I would have enjoyed it more if I had watched it without having to like, be like, like, Paying attention fucking to watching and like writing shit down and like paying attention to talk about it on a podcast. Maybe that could be a good category. But if you're just if you just want to like I think that you should experience it as a Spider-Man movie, I think. Yeah, I would recommend it, but like yeah, I give it a 6 gummies out of 10. Maybe that'd be a good category for it though. Like so classify that so like the first two Spider-Man are worth watching, are so good watching, they're worth like watching it and being invested in it. Where Spider-Man 3 and Amazing 3 more than or no, sorry, Amazing more than 3 though are like, yeah, turn it on in the background. But I do want to bring this up as a thing just going to a credit to three is that, and again, I'm sure this isn't the Amazing Spider-Man's. Well, I guess it is directly. The second Amazing Spider-Man was so disliked originally. I think it killed the trilogy. It did. Yeah, no. It was. It was a combination of that. I and heard the that Dis- one was so bad. And the and the Disney takeover. I'm sure it didn't. And the Disney like takeovers didn't help either. Yeah. No, because wait, when, I don't wait. When did Homecoming come out? Because that was after Civil War. Because they introduced Spider-Man in Civil War because they made the deal with Disney made the deal with Sony. We'll talk about that in the next fucking moment. We'll I have no out. idea because I yeah. If we can figure out what killed it after, but I'm pretty sure that it being so bad is one of the things that killed uh, the actual trilogy. But Spider-Man yeah. Two again, just a quick thing for the future. Fall it I think it fails from a lot of the same things that Spider-Man Three did. But to Spider-Man Three's credit, it does feel like a complete trilogy. I'm not saying I think Three didn't yeah. end it well. But it, it was a complete trilogy with story arc, again, with Harry Osborn going from all three movies 
So yeah, I would even say three is even worth watching just to finish off the trilogy. Uh, I would skip Amazing, but I agree with you that it's a I good did. I skipped Amazing for ten years. And well, you brought it up too because the only reason we're rewatching these are be- is because of the multiverse thing in the newest Spider-Man movie, which we haven't seen. So I think wait. it's I worth it. worth seeing it. It's like, oh yeah, how important is it to see these other Spider-Man movies? Uh, that's all we all have I have for this time though. With that, the movie's a gummy bear. This one dragged on like a fucker, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but I, to be fair so i think all those movies together are about eight hours maybe or so and this is only going to be about two to three and a half two and two about no two to two and a half so we i think we did a, i think we did a good fine we did a fine job Anything yeah else? i know the beginning part was a bit long because things were a little bit silly but Anything to end on, though, Gummy Bear? You know, I mean, just like, if you really made it this far, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. And uh, let's talk to you next time. Yeah. Have a good night. Have Have a good good weekend. Have a good night. Have a good day. I hope every day that goes on from now on until the end of your life is great. (laughs) Take care. So sit down, sit down, sit down. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling at the wheel won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast. We appreciate your attention. Please reach out to us on our Canadian PirateCast email, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Like, sub, share. You know the drill. We love it when people reach out with comments or feedback. We also have personal social media accounts if you want another meaningless Facebook friend or a silly Instagram account to follow. Be good to yourself. And take care of each other. Bye. Bye.